self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode with a special guest today introduce yourself my good sir I don't know about special, but I am a guest. That was Colin. I'm here. Uh, glad to be here. Um, so our last episode we recorded got uh, it didn't make it. It, it got yeah. lost in the ether. So yeah, that was on me. So uh, so I'm glad. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back. That was a good one too. That we had some good. We had some good conversation on that. It one. was a good ass episode. Uh, but I appreciate you for being here. Uh, you can find me, um, Mr. On Point, on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And on TikTok at Eddie B. Talking. And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. We are still doing the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you would like for us to respond to, a Reddit letter, whatever, um, you can contact us on the aforementioned social media. Or you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com. And I have... A few. We've been sick. Let me say that. That's why we haven't been on here for two weeks. We both had the flu last week, and then I was sick the week before that with not the flu, but some bullshit. And so it's just been a rough couple of weeks. Um, So that's why <laughs> there haven't been episodes for two weeks. Um, This one is a little long. However, it's a parenting one. I've been saving it forever. I'm glad they didn't delete it, but because I know... <laughs> Uh, for you, especially, Mr. On Point. <laughs> Just from the title alone, you're going to have something to say. <laughs> ah! It's an am I that? So, of course, I pick at the ones that the Reddit has already determined to be assholes, and then we determine from there. So, am I the asshole for telling my daughter I couldn't have known my parenting style would cause mental health issues and say it's partly her personality? So that's the title. Your face. <laughs> okay, the mom is 62, her daughter's 28. Me and my oldest daughter always have had a rough relationship. I had PTSD after fleeing my home country and looking back. I've also, I might have also had postpartum depression after she was born. I admit I've been very hard and strict with her, more than I did with her younger sister, my youngest daughter, who's 24. I raised my daughter without, uh, with outdated non-western principles i see that now but back then it seemed right because i was raised the same way my daughter has been struggling with depression and in my attempt to understand why we got into an argument i've tried to talk a few times i've tried to talk about it a few times but she never wanted to today she was upset about her grades she's a master's student she passed all her exams but she gets very upset and frustrated when she doesn't get the highest score i was trying to calm her down and cheer her on at one point i asked her why are you like this First of all, that's a terrible question to ever ask somebody who's upset. I mean, um, she got furious and told me uh, that me and her dad were the reason why, that her whole life she had to earn our approval. She brought up the time where she scored middle education instead of higher education. Our country has a three school system, depending on your degrees. Me and my husband were angry and disappointed. We did not talk to her for two weeks and she could not eat with us at the dinner table. Damn. She ate in the kitchen standing up. Or we'll put her plate in front of her door, or we will put her plate in front of her door and knock. 
I'm very embarrassed looking back at it. And when she brought it up, I got tears thinking that I did that to my child. I told her that looking back, we see the negative reinforcement wasn't the right way. I told her that we fled our home and started over elsewhere for her future. So it was, is really important to us that she and her sister get high degrees, a good job and a good salary so that they have a better life than we had. It was frustrating to see us. It was frustrating to us to see that she could do better than average or middle and we handled it wrongly. I then said, but we could have never known it would have such effects on your mental health when you got older. Your sister was raised the same way and she isn't so insecure. So you, or she isn't as insecure as you. So it's also you a little bit, you know, you as a person. The conversation then escalated. She asked me where I got the nerve to blame her personality while her whole life we made her feel like she had to earn our love and approval. She said this affected her life in every aspect and it's why she has depression. She called me an asshole and said that I was basically trying, basically saying she had a weak personality. I know we made horrible mistakes and I'm ashamed of some of the things that I've done, but I feel that it's true. Her sister was pushed the same way and isn't so insecure to the point that it infects her mental health. She isn't insecure at all. My husband said that there was no reason to bring that up. I believe it's not completely our parenting style that caused her depression. Am I the asshole for saying that to her? She did make an edit, but I'm going to let you comment on what the first part before I say something about the edit. <laughs> Hell yeah, you the asshole. How the fuck you going to say at the beginning that I acknowledge that I treated her different than my damn other daughter. And then at the, by the end, you saying, well, they were both treated the same. Like, you you ain't doing nothing but trying to justify justify yourself out of your own fucking bullshit. You treat right. her like a prisoner. She couldn't eat at the table. So she then got talk to the her for middle. two weeks. What is You know what that's doing to a child psychologically? And you can't eat at the table with us. You got to either eat in your room or stand in the corner and eat while we eat as a family because you're not currently part of this family with your dumb ass. That's essentially Bro, I would have I put, put an orange in a sock and start whooping her ass for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this reminds me of like my mom. So one of my mom's cousins, she said like a long time ago, she's got family from France because my mom's uh, mom is a white woman from France. Her dad was an American soldier, black. And um, it's like post World War Two, you know what I mean? Like that's that's when my my grandfather, late grandfather, rest in peace, long time ago. Um, he was a World War Two veteran. So um, my mom remembers going to France to her 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 grandmother's house. Um, and one of her, or maybe it was it was somebody in the family. It was one of her cousins. All the other everybody had like their rooms and stuff like that. And there was one cousin, one of the girls, when they tried to go, she had like. Uh, like the locks on the outside of the door, like the, the sliding thing on the outside oh, of her shit. bedroom door. And when they were able to see in the door, all it was was cinder blocks with like a mattress on it. Like she didn't have any, no dollhouse, no nothing like the other kids. And they still to this day don't know what the hell that was all about. Um, but so parents, so I did a little quick math, 62, 2022, 62, 1960, right? So this is one of those, those things that I keep talking to my mom about trying to save my mom from becoming like the other moms out there that were born in the fifties or early sixties was like, please don't be a boomer. Don't, don't be one of those. Um, and it gets my mom upset, like all the boomer conversation, cause they feel like it's a personal attack as opposed to, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily a personal attack. It's more of like a generational overall observation mama. And like, if you're not the one, that's doing that and they're acting that type of way that you shouldn't feel some type of way about it. It's just a, you could reject the label, you know, it's, it's no big deal. 
but when I saw when I when they when they said it was she was sixty two and then, what it was twenty eight, mm-hmm. was it? I was like, that's a so first of all that that's a that's a large gap. Um, I, I'm I'm curious what the gap is with the other siblings. Like if this child was an oops baby late, and then there's like this interpersonal disdain that the mother had for that last child. Like maybe like you know feeling like there's all this stuff is misplaced and incorrect, but like thinking that like it was that child's fault for showing up late that ruined whatever kind of life that they had, whatever it is, right? So that people do awful shit, like treat them like a damn prisoner in their own house and, or like it's boot camp or whatever the hell that was. But hell yeah, that's, that's an asshole move. And, and it's, you know, first, first of all, I mean, it might be criminal. The actual activity is like criminal beyond just being an asshole. But then the turnaround and then the person who's like, hey, you know, I've struggled a lot you know what I mean? I feel like it might have been because of because you locked me in my room and made me eat in the corner. And you're like, no, nah, I didn't I didn't do that to you. That's such a freaking boomer thing to say, man, too. Like even in the United <laughs> States. So weird, yeah. God damn. I like like and like a lot of times, too, it doesn't matter how you say it. You could be like, you know, it could be one thing angrily. She could have been angry like this is ridiculous that you treated me like this. They could also be like, hey, like I really wanted to unpack and discuss, you know, ways that, you know, I can maybe improve my own parenting with, for your grandkids because, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't necessarily, and they immediately leap to like the, I didn't do that to you. And it's like, yes, you did. What do you mean? You know what? That was putting plates of food at my, at my door. What do you mean you didn't do it to me? Like what, what kind of detachment from? So, but yeah, you the asshole. So straight asshole. I'm interested in this edit though. What's the edit? So let's see what the edit is. Um, okay. I understand the confusion about how strict we were with her little sister. I admit that her sister was given more freedom when it comes to social life. She was allowed to hang out with her friends outside of school more than her older sister. When it comes to school and grades, we were as strict, but my youngest did better in high school than her older sister. That's also why my youngest was allowed to go out more, and we would not let the oldest go out either as a punishment or because we felt she needed to study more. She ain't make the shit better for herself in that edit. No. She made the shit worse. Yes. The expectation that parents have that you're just going to have carbon copies of kids. Kids are different. Kids respond to things differently. Kids respond to school and testing and classwork. All of that is going to be individual to them. So comparing them to each other is unfair because you're not allowing for the individuality that kids have. Like school may have come easier to the younger sister. The older sister was probably, especially with y'all, like, withholding food and treating her like a goddamn prison. You think she was purposefully not doing well? She was probably doing the best that she could under the pressure that she had, and that's just what she was capable of doing. But because you're comparing it to what the younger sister was able to do, you're not even leaving room for her to be her. Kids are not the same. They're not carbon copies. I got three brothers, and if you met all of us, you wouldn't even think we came from the same fucking family because we have distinct personalities. And so that just, it doesn't make sense. That is a terrible way of parenting to say, this is how we're going to parent all of our kids. You can't do that. Like you have to figure out who your child is and what they respond to. And all kids don't respond to the same thing and they do not excel at the same thing. She might not have been a good at school, but there might've been some other shit. She was blowing her sister out of the water in because they're different. So it's fucked up that you, I hate when parents do that. And then you create a rift between the kids. Cause she probably feels some kind of way about her younger sister, even though it wasn't her younger sister's fault that she was treated better. Like y'all just fucked up across the board. You created a, di- a rift between them and then you created a rift with her. And then even when she called you out on it, you cannot be humble enough 
to say, you know what, I fucked up, I'm sorry. Without the buts, but you blah, blah, blah. Like, yes. And add the child's temperament into that because it's very possible that if you could calculate them going through the exact same thing, the withdrawn child is going to process it differently than the rebellious child. Like it, they said, a rose colored colored glasses and how they process that is is different. And also, you know, one thing I caution parents about is don't be parenting your child based on the outcome exclusively. Like that's the problem. The outcome, I want you to have good grades, so you're going to justify all of the things that you do trying to get your child to get those good grades. And then you're going to be putting them through consequences without thinking about who your child is, what those things are doing to your child, because you're only doing it based on the outcome. You got to meet your child where they are. And, I, and I'm really tired of motherfuckers that done came to America using bullshit that America don't accept <laughs> and saying that, like, this is an Eastern ways. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, because, <laughs> like, like, when I did a TikTok that went viral, it was this... Um, it was a whole bunch of people in the comments talking about all of the consequences they used to get. Like, I had no idea like that. There are parents in America, like Latino parents that got their kids kneeling on rice for consequences. And yeah. uh, some African uh, parents, they put pepper in their daughter's vagina. Like, what the fuck is the point of that? <laughs> it's just a, it's the same <laughs> thing. If you got a, a pebbles on your finger, you touch your eye, it, it's, it burns. But the vagina, that's very, okay. I, I, mean, I look. I don't know. So but, okay, one but of I'm the just saying that to say like, it's so much abuse going on here under the guise of we from a different culture or we from a different time or we from a different like abuse is abuse, man. It it would be it would behoove every parent to read a, a developmental psychology book just to see because at the end of the day, it's full of theory. It's full of theory. It's full of. I mean, you got some shit that's not theory, but like. Erickson's stages of psychosocial development and, you know, Alfred Adler's uh, birth order, all of these different things or theories that give you some insight to the different ways that children are developing as they grow. One of the yeah. ways, because I've had uh, clients from different cultures and, you know, you you have to be careful not to step on people's culture because it's different from your own. But what I tell people, is, you made a decision to live in the United States. Okay. And so I get that that's your culture from where you come from, but you are going to be bound by the laws of the country that you moved to. And so even though it may not be considered child abuse, where you come from, that is not going to be a defense. If you get caught doing child abuse under what the laws are here. And so culturally, not telling you that, that your culture ain't shit. However, what I am telling you is that what you're doing is illegal in the country that you decided to move to for whatever also, your reasons were. I mean, also the magnitude. I mean, okay, kneeling on rice, the police might not do nothing to it. Yeah. But if they come over your house and you got two carrots in your child's ass because they do it in some tribe in Africa, that's a problem. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's the level of some shit that you could do that, like, is universally going to be frowned upon. Yeah. What you got, Kyle? So I, it's, I mean, y'all both are saying it, and the only thing I'll do is just kind of like bringing it as the as the resident parent on today's <laughs> podcast. Uh, I mean, it's it's he's not even three yet. So my son, he turns three in in a few weeks, and it became apparent at some point. And if you anybody who's listening, if you are about to have kids, or if you have them, maybe. Um, and then for also for on point and red too, like if you ever have kids one day, there there's this 
moment in time where you if you're if you're paying attention to your kiddo you realize that they are their own person even at this age at this little age like toddler age he does things and says things and acts a certain type of way i don't know where he got it from um and relations have improved between me and and the baby mama um she don't know where he got it from either and so she thought i taught him something or whatever i thought she taught him apparently uh my my young man is is he's coming up with all this stuff on his own somehow his personality is developing all by itself in a way that's um that's cra- it's crazy he uh he it's, i remember the, i think the first time as we were playing it he plays this little game now he'll point at me or at my wife or whoever whoever's in the room the adults and then tell you that you're somebody else like he just would tell you like he'll point at red and say you're on point <laughs> and then you're like no i'm not i'm I'm red. You're you're on point. He said, "No, I'm me." Like, and he it's like, a, and he thinks it's really funny. It's like this funny little thing. And I'm like, "Where the hell did you figure this out? Like, how did you? How did you? That's like you're telling jokes, but like, how did you learn how to tell jokes? Because like, we don't. It's not like we're typically like telling jokes to him. Like, you know, it's not like this constant learning experience or like. And so I think that that's what what, we're, what you're saying is like people fail to realize like they do like the it's it's two and one, which is like kids are kids, and so we gotta guide them, teach them teach them how to operate in society, but they all also very early are their own people. And you, you can't force them to be somebody else that they're not. I mean, I guess you can, and then you end up with trauma or you end up with, uh, this is why, why am I like this? Why are you like this? That's what, that's, that's, that's the road, the path that it takes, I guess. But, um, but yeah, everybody's different. So yeah, to you- include your own flesh and blood, he's different. I was, you know, and there's things, that, and then there's things that are very similar to like me. He does things where I'm like, that, that's like, man, you, it's annoying, but pretty sure I, I either do that now or I, <laughs> I probably did it when I was a kid, which helps to also helps the level set too, which is like a, hmm, like perspective, which I just think a lot of adults just lack. So there's a lot of unhealthy, mentally unhealthy adults out there having kids oh, and yeah. like, you know, so. You saying yeah. that reminded me of some shit I did when I was a kid, which was my granddaddy. They told me for some reason I just came to the house one day and I called him Pete. His name is Jamie, and I just called him Pete. And for some reason he started calling me Pete, and me and my brother have called him Pete our whole lives. <laughs> we call him granddaddy. Now he was my like step granddaddy or whatever. So it's like you know when it be like that situation, sometimes they okay with you calling them their first name basis. I just started calling him Pete one day, and this that's what I call him forever. And so it's like, the, what you're saying is like, make me wonder how much should they have played into me allowing to continue to call him Pete versus saying, like, when do you interrupt that game if it's a game versus is it a harmless enough game to allow to continue? You know, but the reality, you don't know what it's going to be one day. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, by the time, when I was 14... Well, I knew his name was Jamie because my cousin called him Uncle Jamie. But, like, it's a certain age where I would have been like, if I needed to tell people something happened, I would have been like, Pete. And they would have been like, who the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I think I think the difficult part of parenting is that 
you don't fucking know. They you don't get an instruction manual for each kid no. that you have. And so you operate with the information that you have and you make the decisions that are best with the information that you have. I think the problem is that some parents aren't trying to get the information though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with like with them developing your job as a parent is to create a, a human that can exist on their own and be a productive citizen. There's so many ways to do that, that there's room mm-hmm. for you to adjust your parenting style for the child that you have or any additional kids that you have. Like there's so many ways to get them to that point that it doesn't have to be this linear thing that you do the same thing with every kid, regardless of who that kid is. There's so many ways mm-hmm. to get them to that to, from point A to point B. It doesn't have to be this linear thing. And I think that's what the issue is. Parents ain't trying to get the information. They just decide, this is what I'm going to do with all my kids. I don't care about the information. Who they are. Yeah, I don't don't care care about about the information. I don't need to get that. But, like, truthfully, there's no guaranteed way that you're going to have. I mean, we're going to talk about the 10-year-old that's in the news right now. There's no guaranteed way to ensure that your parenting is going to produce a human that's going to do. But you do the best that you can that you have this this is it's exactly uh there was a tiktok on mr on points page before uh really uh hard to watch um the uh, you probably saw the one with the the dad that was slapping the the boy in the face and it mm-hmm. was like a that's that's a good example of that of like a he, he didn't care about anything else in that child's development, pro- probably since he was a little boy or otherwise and we, it's like maybe not necessarily a uniquely black community issue with like the well, you know, I got my ass whooped, so I'm gonna whoop my kid's ass because that's that's what, like that that type of that the type of, like you said, that linear, very linear, very like, they act like there's an instruction manual, and the instruction yeah. manual says, <laughs> uh, don't let them do nothing. They ain't allowed to have no fun. Got to be quiet and whoop their ass, I, or whatever it is, right? And like, and, and like, look at me, I'm an adult and I have a job, so it worked. Like, no, because you, you, you're uh, uh, beating your child's ass. So apparently the, the parenting didn't work. If you think that beating a kid is OK, uh, clearly that didn't work. And so because like you, you, you can't. You, yeah, you're an adult with a job who beats kids. So like like what, what like um, so like I think that's that's a big part of it, too. It's like just it's what does he need? What does my son need? That's that's what I always try to keep at the forefront of every everything that I do. What does he need and what does he want? And. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, spoiler, I don't believe in that either. Look, if that's what he wants and I got the capability of doing it, goddamn, when I was three years old, I wish I could have had all the stuff that my kid had or whatever. Otherwise, what are we what are we doing? We're supposed to be trying to do better than the last, right? Like that's like the people, all oh, their kids don't know how to struggle. I hope not. I hope <laughs> I hope he doesn't because you know what I mean? Like mentally or otherwise. Like I know what mental health struggles are like individually. So and I know how those things now as an almost 40-year-old man, they're kind of tied into things that you experience along the way um some of those things you know done by air quotes for the people listening my parents who are great parents but you don't know because there's no instruction manual you learn through experience that some of those things kind of hurt along the way as a kid and so you know like the very much of a do it because i said do it mm-hmm. for a, a you know self-professed intellectual child like i was do it because i said so was not an acceptable answer and having that type of trusting relationship with the parents who always were otherwise reasonable parents to then do that, it was hurtful, man. It's like a, well, you guys explain everything else. How come you won't explain this so that I understand why you're telling me to do this? It's not, it's not that, anyway, the parent, I'm not asking you why because I'm rejecting the task. It's like, I just, I like to know why because it helps me understand, you know, 
maybe how important this task is to you and how much of my you know time and how detailed should I be at the approach? I mean, so those are the types of things going on in my 10 year old brain. So imagine like, so like a kids, that's why I, I think about my, my almost three year old is that little kids are, yeah, they're little kids and they do little kid things and they think like little kids, but there's still humans and there's still some of that little logic and reasoning and like trying to condition them to kind of think critically and to be able to use that in a way I think is important in the guidance. And I mean, like raising an adult from scratch, trying to like do yeah. You raising an adult from scratch. Like there's no shortcuts to getting your kids to make good grades. If you want your child to make good grades, you teach them uh, diligence. You teach them consistency. You teach them independence. Like you teach them these little micro things that at the end of the day will equal up to a kid that is more likely to take these things seriously. Like you can't skirt your responsibility as a parent of giving them the core skills they need to accomplish what you want them to and just beat their ass into the outcome. You you just can't do that. That's just stupid. But you mentioned that video on TikTok, and I don't know if you ever seen that video, Red, but it's this daddy who basically is son. I mean, I've seen plenty of videos like it. Yeah. His mm-hmm. son got his gun and he was flexing it online and he basically slapped his son in the face online to antagonize his friends. His friends was basically on the other side saying, hey, defend yourself. You know, don't let him talk to you like that. And he said, watch this. Bop. Now come and help him. That's what he did. The crazy thing about this video, Colin, is that. The comments? The people, not the people even agreeing the com- with it? Outside of like- the video. This, this is. So in my video, I was. People were saying, this is a good dad. This is blah, blah, blah. And I, I said, know. I was like, what the fuck? I was saying, basically. This moment don't define him as a good dad. If he's a good dad, he's a good dad for shit outside of what you just witnessed. This don't make him a good dad, right? And and I was just defending that. One of those TikTok moments is where you'll get on a TikTok live and you'll be having a conversation. So we was in a conversation and this dude um, who is a guns rights advocate had this screen cap of this video of the daddy hitting the kid in the mouth behind and we were having a conversation about corporal punishment, about whooping kids. And the dad showed up in the comment section. He had just signed up for TikTok in that moment. So you got to have a thousand followers so you can't get into the live. But he agreed to give his phone number to the dude to have a conversation with him. So he had the conversation with the dude on speakerphone on the live. And it sounds like, and I believe the dad, the dad sounded genuine. I do believe that a lot of the stuff that he did outside of that moment probably did define him as a, a well-intentioned, decent father. But that brings us to the conversation about how critical these moments are. Like those two weeks that that daughter was not being talked to could have been the two weeks of her life that created this shit. You know what I'm saying? Now, mm-hmm. we probably know that a whole life childhood of this shit. But why would you spend 17 years building up a level of trust with your child just to hit them in the face to take that trust away or just to put them in a compromised position where they have to start questioning your love and whether they love you or not. You know, and I'm inclined to believe that parents who do stuff like that, they are using the, their child's need for their love as leverage. Like, I think they know that that's what's happening. They might not know the outcome, but at that time they know what's happening to not talk to your child for two weeks as a consequence means that you know how important your words are for them and you're using that as a tool against them. So I don't give no motherfucking pass 
to a parent who will put their child in the equivalent to some fucking a solitary confinement in their own home and act like they don't got shit to do with it. If you if she boxed her parent at that moment, I'd be fucking fine with it. I'd be fine with it. <laughs> Elder abuse her ass. Why <laughs> well, anyway? It would be it would make sense too, right? I mean, it was yeah. you know. So I what you said was totally on point, like pun intended, which was uh. <laughs> Like love is not something that's supposed to be like something that you bargain for, but that you can trade. It's not like it's, you know, colonial times where you show up at the trading post with some animal skins and they're like, okay, great. You, I'm glad that you, my son went out and hunted three deer. Now I'll give you a hug. Like that's not, that's, it's not supposed to be like a, like, like this bargain for, it's not a, it's not a commodity that can be, you know, the supply and demand can be withheld and all this other kind of stuff. So especially the words thing. I mean, that's that's pretty terrible. I agree with you. You know, if your words have that much power with your kids, you know that you have that kind of influence, then you, you have a great responsibility to use them uh, for good. That's a you know, you can you can build, you know, build and destroy. Um, so why not build? Another thing right? that dude said uh, in that video um, at the end that I responded to with the conversation that he had with that guy was uh I'm not going to apologize for what I did. And after all was said and done, I said, parents, practice apologizing to your kids. Mm -hmm. Practice apologizing to your kids when they early, when they little, because you need to know that you have the capacity to apologize to them when you inevitably do some fucked up shit when you grown. One day, you're going to give them consequences that they did not deserve. One day, you're going to overreact to something that needed empathy instead of aggression. You need to be ready and willing and capable of apologizing to your child. That is going to be the keystone to the health of your child's relationship with you and to their ability to not be desperately seeking love and desperately seeking validation from people in their life because you fucked up. Your, your job as a parent don't end after they leave your house. It ends, to me, after you know for certain that you've made a reckoning with the things that you've done that might have impacted them and they might not always be the ones that call you and ask for it they might be too scared because you the person that put them through the shit and you the one that forced them to accept the shit that you was putting them through under the guise of this is what love looked like like it took me a long time to understand the concept of my mama saying i whoop you because i love you i really don't think it makes sense now but I understand what she believed that it meant in the context of like the Bible and shit. I know what she believed it mm -hmm. meant, but it took me a long time to understand that because the definition of what love is 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 twisted. But I, it comes from how twisted the definition of love is in Christianity, because the mm -hmm. same God that when you say God is love, but God also done bestowed wrath upon motherfuckers and killed motherfuckers firstborns and all the shit that he's done it's like the relationship that you have to have with love in a christian community is 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 complex I, and i me i don't believe that love hurts i don't believe that love is complicated i don't believe that love is difficult i believe that love is always gentle always well-intentioned i believe that shit about love and you ain't finna convince me that punching me in the face two times is some kind of endearing shit that's supposed to bring yeah, some part of me and you know i and i tell people look Physical violence works. You know, if me and you was in a room and, and I had a whip and a pistol and you thought I would harm you if you didn't do what I told you to do, you do what I told you to do. Mm -hmm. But you'll be praying for my fucking downfall. You'll be waiting till 
my arm tired from using the whip. You'll be waiting for me to reload them bullets. And you're gonna be you gonna you gonna risk it all to fuck me up. And yep. it's a lot of kids that are in a situation who if the power dynamic between top, uh, uh, parents and kids didn't exist the way they do, they'd be bum rushing you to fuck you up. <laughs> you know, and you shouldn't be a parent that put your child in that position. But, reminds me of this uh we so we I know we gotta probably move to the next topic, but that reminds Brad me. Brad knew of, what the uh, fuck was gonna happen with this topic when she bought this shit over. Yeah, me. yeah. We uh <laughs> you seen that video that there's another video out there, the the mom comes home and I guess her 10, 11 year old boy, so everybody had like, just totally destroyed the house. I don't know if you've seen that one. Yeah. I I, I want to know what happened. And the only thing I could think of with that is I want to know what happened. I want to know how did that, how did they get there? How do, how do we arrive there? There you know are, I mean? yeah. I mean, there are kids that have mental health conditions that, um, where they do that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah oh yeah. I know. I, I just, that there was no context. I, now, I don't know it was, what his it was look at what that's what I'm saying. It was like, yeah. look at what this kid did. Everybody was like, he needs to get his ass whooped. And I'm like, but how do we get here? How do what happened? How did is I it just a, like you said, one of them kids who just is the wiring is off, right? So or, I had a I had a kid, um, or I worked with a guy who had an autistic daughter, and she was fucking huge. Like she was like, and I met her, she she was autistic nonverbal like she was bad off autistic and the the wife had gave up working to stay at home with her she was like how old was that child she was maybe 13 or 14 but when i said she looked like a linebacker big as fuck this is a big child anytime her schedule was off even by the smallest amount she would like lose it and he came to work one day and said that they had to like put her in a facility because I don't even remember what happened. She broke her mother's jaw. She snapped and like connected her fist hard enough with her mother that it broke this lady's jaw. And she also destroyed like a bunch of shit in the house. Anytime like and so she was not they they should never have there i think there are there are conditions that kids can have that are so bad that you're you as a parent you love them you just not equipped yep you're yep. not equipped to deal with it and so they were trying their very hardest to not have her put in a facility which is why the mom was like well i'll just you know we'll 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 learn what we need to do but they were not capable uh, so there are situations like kids were like uh I can never remember if ODD is worse than there's two. And I always get them confused about which one is the worst. There are kids with behavior problems that they'll fuck you up over the smallest inconvenience. <laughs> um, and so I don't know what his mental health. I assumed when I saw that just because of the range of damage that he did, that was uncontrolled fucking rage. And the parents who was just saying he need his ass. Well, step up, go whoop his ass and see yeah, what that does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And see how that turn out for you. <laughs> That's not the answer for like, and you don't know people's situation. People saw him destroy their house and looked at her and said, well, she wasn't whooping him enough. Okay. Or I don't, more. again. I mean, maybe he got tired of being whooped. I mean, that's like, that's what I said. I I want to know what happened, man. Like, uh, like she did an interview. Know. She did say that he had some mental health issues. So that's I think bad. he was one of those kids that, and again, yeah. I think parents love their children. And they want, you know, any any problem that your child has, you want to fix it. But sometimes you're not equipped to deal with the problems that they have. 
Sometimes you're just, you're not equipped, especially if you got other kids in the house, because you're also subjecting them to those things and expecting them to understand that, oh, he has a problem, but it's like, he tearing my shit up every week. Like, y'all can't control him. Um, So she did do an interview and said that he, I don't know what his diagnosis was, but he had some issues that he had been in therapy and stuff for, but some kids, like I said, you as a parent are not equipped to have them in your home. Especially yeah. once they become a danger, especially if you got smaller. And the guy that I was talking my coworker, he had like younger kids in the house. And we had been telling him, like, man, I know you you don't want her to be in a facility, but like, what happened? Because she broke her mom's job, but what if that had been her little sister? Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't want to be in a facility, but then what if they kill you? Or exactly. Now you're dead, and then they're still going to go to a facility. So, like, and she was I, bigger than both of her parents. So, like, and this dude was a big dude, but she she had him beat. Like, she was solid. Okay? This is a big-ass girl. <laughs> I, I, her name was Gina. She was very sweet. Uh, he brought her up to the center for something we were having. And um, very sweet. She Like I said, she was nonverbal. But, and so I never saw, you know, obviously didn't see this. But I saw the damage and the aftermath. Because that mm-hmm. lady had to have her fucking jaw wired. She fucked her mother up. Like... <laughs> I was like, she did that with one punch? Just got to put him in the facility out of love. Yeah. Right? And they ended up I mean, having to do that. And I don't I don't know how long. She was in and out because they would put her in and then they would feel bad and get her out and feel like, oh, she's, sta- she's stable because of where she is. And y'all right. are not going to be able to provide the structure in your home that she needs. So. Right. Right. Um, and that's, well, I, a, I, I hate when people, a parent, some parents think that beating kids' ass is the answer for everything. And there, it just isn't. And this kid that we gonna talk about here in a minute, beating his ass was not gonna be that no, ain't the answer. It was not. <laughs> I don't think beating ass is ever the answer. Just put that on the record. I, I don't. don't a, I I'm actually on the extreme scale. I just don't believe that you should use violence on kids to get Me cooperation. Me neither. I just don't. I would not. Nope. Um, I get it, and I you know. Actually, my son, like, my son might earn twenty timeouts in an hour, but he gonna get he gonna earn twenty timeouts. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not what's the my, other uh, one? Eddie is oppositional defiant disorder, conduct disorder, conduct disorder. That's the other one. Mm-hmm. Where they don't give a fuck. Yeah, conduct disorder is a problem. Oppositional defiant disorder. I don't really think it's real. I think oh, all of that yeah. is just communication issues with, from parent to child, not understanding what it is. Most kids that get uh diagnosed with oppositional defiant disorder or just kids from homes that don't have structure where the parents just don't mm-hmm. even know what to really do. And so they call everything defiance. And a lot of parents be wanting their kids to jump just like that. And yeah. when they don't jump just like that, it's defiance. One thing conduct gotta, disorder. Yeah, one thing I got to work with my kids, uh, parent, my parents about is the difference in video games today versus when they were kids. Like when I was a kid, you could pause Mario and just go do whatever chores. Oh, yeah. If you're playing online with somebody. Yeah. I got to tell parents, give your children a window. If If you're trying to respect your child's space, and I tell parents, imagine you in the middle of a TV show that you're not recording, that you want to see the end of that show. Imagine your parent telling you to do something and expecting you to do it immediately. The conflict you would have with wanting to do that versus finishing to consume what you're consuming, it'd be a fucked up decision to make, you know? So I, I encourage parents to give their children yeah. a window because, like, if I'm in the middle of Apex, I can't just get up and go do some shit. <laughs> I'm going to die now. 
You know? Yo, let and me... not everybody's finna be mad at you. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you fucked it up for everybody else. So we were talking about, like, that's such a, um, re- that's real. Very real. Uh, when I was, let's see, 13, 14, I don't know, when I was younger, right? There was nothing that was better after a long day of going to school and you didn't want to be there. A long week, long week of going to school, you didn't want to be there. And then I would get up in the morning on Saturday and then we had finally had, my dad was doing good in the army. He had got promoted. I think he's like Lieutenant Colonel. So like we could get like the non off brand Eggo waffles for, you know what I mean? So there was nothing like getting up on a Saturday and, and I was, had saved up all my little coins from cutting grass in the, in the, in the neighborhood to subscribe to right before it died, or maybe it might've been the, um, might've been Game Informer at the time, but I used to subscribe to Electronic Gaming Monthly. I don't know if y'all remember that one, EGM, back in the day. And there was nothing better than the fresh EGM, and you know that it smelled like the, that magazine smell. It had that smell, and, and two two buttermilk egos on a Saturday morning. And when I tell you like, sorry, eat, eat my food, and I'm talking about no sooner than I put that last little triangle of ego in my mouth, then my mom would turn around from the coffee machine or whatever, and say words that would trigger me to this day. You you need to go outside and help your father in the yard. She only ever said father when it was she was trying to tell like it was like a one of those power plays right like when she knew that if she said it like that that it was like a directive it wasn't like a and and it was always inevitably when I wanted to just read the reviews and the previews in my damn magazine for the games that were coming out because I'm a gamer and I always have been. And like so that that's a that window thing, super real. Cause I got a, a a future. I don't know what streamer. I don't know what he's gonna do with this little dude. Two years, damn old. He know how to use every piece of electronics in this damn house. <laughs> he be on it. He be on there watching his little little excavator video. He likes little. You know, it's digging in the dirt and all that kind of stuff. What would I I know exactly. You t- try to tell him now. Hey, turn it off right now. It's time to go to bed. Hey, we already set those conditions early. Hey, one more video, and then one after that video, then it's time to put it away. That because I remember what it feels like if all I got to do was just I just wanted to read that preview for Majora's Mask, right? That's all I wanted to do was see the update for Majora's Mask on N64 real quick before I go outside. But like she make me do it in the middle of everything. That was it. Just was it was one of those things that for somebody who again self-professed intellectual child. Um, who deals with logic and reason, it was unreasonable and it was arbitrary. And it was like a, it just didn't make any sense. And so try to like, you know, all the stuff with, uh, speaking of things not making sense, as I try to help us segue to the next story, <laughs> let's talk about this one. So I think on point, you want to read, read this one, tee this one up for us? What's that one? The, uh, the VR headset, since we talk about games Christ, and we talk about uh, okay. arbitrary and things not making any goddamn sense. So... No. Uh, we don't have that much information on this story, but if any of y'all have been on social media lately, you'll know that there is a 10-year-old boy in Wisconsin that uh, shot his mother in the face over not buying him an Amazon VR. It's an Oculus. And, um, of a VR Oculus. headset, an Oculus. Yeah, it was an Oculus, yeah. Now, how the events transpired is that he asked his mama for this VR headset. She said no. She's in the laundry room doing laundry. He walks up to her, 
what he tells the police officers that he did is that he was spinning the gun around his finger and it went off by accident. As they continued to interview him, he said that he actually walked in there, got into the gun stance to shoot. And what his plan was, was to shoot at the wall to scare her. But when she got close, he shot her in the face. He then proceeded to go in. Oh, uh, he he went and put the gun back in the closet when he told his sister that he shot his mama and then still ordered the VR headset online the next day. He ordered it the next day, I think. The next day. It was the next day. Mm-hmm. And then um, asked his grandma if his headset had come in the mail yet. After he said, I'm Yo, sorry my... about killing my mom, yeah. but has our package arrived for me? <laughs> now, they're charging this 10-year-old as an adult. And the crazy thing is that the way that the media has been marketing, marketing it is exclusively 10-year-old kills mama over, uh, over a VR headset. Like, I get it, but, like, boy has mental health issues. Uh, boy has access to gun that he shouldn't have had access to. Yeah. That's like, fine. so many pieces of this could have been marketed, but, like, the shock factor is... He didn't get what he wants, so he shot somebody. Like this caters to that boomer. Like this is the this title is catering to boomer logic. Like you were talking about earlier. Like it's mm-hmm. catering to this crowd of people that's gonna say, "See, that white little these kids today. You're gonna give them what they want to. They're gonna they're gonna shoot you. That's why you gotta beat their ass and not give them shit." Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 <laughs> okay, let's start with let's start with a couple of things here. First of all, I knew it was some bullshit when I was reading talking about you twirling the gun around your finger and it went off. So as somebody who used to be in the military has fired quite a few different firearms, the amount of pressure that it takes to pull the trigger, squeeze the trigger on a firearm, you ain't just going to be spinning it around your finger and it's going to go off. Unless you got like one of them Saturday night specials that's got all sorts of street mods and whatever else they do to it to, to, that's not functioning the way that that mechanical item is supposed to function. Um, it's the same thing when I hear about people who say that they're cleaning it and it goes off. I'm like, how does that happen? The amount of pressure you have to apply to a trigger to get it to fire is like, it's quite a bit. Like you can't just like accidentally pull the trigger. Most of the time you really gotta, you know, use this, a lot of them are nine pounds. Nine pounds of actual pressure or force is quite a bit. So um, that was like a, okay. And then, um, oh, I, I was aiming at the wall to scare her, you know, I'm like, so, but how, how do we arrive? Where'd you get the gun from? You 10, how'd you get the gun? How you got the gun in the first damn place? That's my, that's what my first thing is. And then also as parents, you got guns in the house. How are, how are the guns in a, in a location or otherwise where your 10 year old could get a hold of it? That's the, that's the, the other part. Now, not to say that the lady is, you know, obviously she's dead. She's a victim of a murder. So like, you know, but like, these are like the questions of like that, like that our point is saying, like, don't get discussed. They just, like you said, over the VR headset. Because it's those damn video games, once again. You know, like a, so, um, I don't know, man. This one, I think we, our, our pre-show, we're talking about charging him as an adult. So, um, for me, <clears throat> here's my problem, okay, with it. I, I get the hesitancy and the difficulty of charging children as adults. However... The nature of this crime and his actions after the fact. We talked about this on the show about psychopaths and people that don't have consciences and that there is not. You don't give somebody a conscience. You have it or you don't. He is 10 years old. (laughs) 
And so, yes, he's 10. He's still developing and all of that. But he's 10. He's still developing. And he still went upstairs, got a gun, came back down, shot his mother, was not upset about it. He went upstairs, told his sister, I shot mom. And then went and ordered the BR headset. The game, I don't care what it, he could have ordered a pair of shoes. He could, I don't give a fuck what it was. He went and ordered it, admitted to killing her with no apathy to the grandmother, and then asked about the headset he ordered. Like, fuck her. Like, I'm sorry, and I know you're upset about it, and I'm sorry that you're upset about it, but I also really need to know if my headset is on the way or has it arrived. It's his lack of empathy is terrifying to me. And so I don't know. They could try him as a, a juvenile. As, and, and, and there's no treatment for this, though. Like, he has a history of doing the things that we know that psychopaths do as children. Cruelty to animals. He set shit on fire. He was constantly attacking people. It. For me, it's the crime. It's not even, I, I, I get he's Ted, but like, and what he did after the fact. We've had other kids that have accidentally shot people or shot people on purpose, but like, he don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, there's nothing there. That scares oh. me as a person. Like, I don't want to be around that fucking kid. As a teacher, as a person at his church, I don't want to be nowhere near that goddamn kid. But you you also don't want to be around that kid before he murders somebody. You know, it it's like been not. Well, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if this kid never murders his mom, you still don't want to be around this kid. Like it's not that you don't want to be around this type of kid because he done murdered his mom. I mean, even if they ain't murdering, they a menace in a lot of different ways. They are. However, murder is like the top. <laughs> Fucking menacing, like before but, it was scary, right? But like now it's like he kills people indiscriminately because of trivial fucking shit. That's you, another you, level. Even if he had not killed his mama, you still don't know that you are a, 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 an iota away from being murdered by a motherfucker. He just not doing it. It's different to not know and then to know we know that now like it ain't no backtracking like we know this for sure now it's not a question of will he or won't he we know he will because he's done it but you've met people and you know of people who haven't killed somebody who you don't want to be around because of their penchant for violence because of the possibility of how harmful it seemed they can be or because of the depth of their manipulation and the issues that they could have yes right i'm saying that to say even if there was a system that minority report, even if there was a system that could detect that some, that kid would murder at five, if there was something that determined that that kid would murder at 10, is it still right to take him away at five to keep him from becoming that 10? Like all of the movies and all of the systems we have determined that that's not how, that's not how shit works. But it's not a question of taking him off the street beforehand. Again, I'm not talking about anything before. I'm saying, what do we do now that he has done this? It's not a question of, will he? Again, he's done this. We know he's done it. So what you're saying is, there is some threshold that's passed when a kid murders that makes you now not want to be around that kid, even though 
that kid could have been close to that at any point. Like, I mean, anybody that I can walk by on the street is going to be close to that. There's nothing that I can do about that. It's the same way in working with people that there are people that are psychopaths that never murder anybody. We know this. And so for those people, cool. But like once you do the murder, like once that happens, then that's it. <laughs> For me, like, so, this isn't a question of, of whether or not he has the potential to do it. He did it. So my perspective is, I don't necessarily believe a 10-year-old should ever be tried as an adult. Um, And so the question that I'm asking is, what 10-year-old piece, what piece of being a 10-year-old, what facilities is he missing that could cause this to be a situation of, his 10, his lack of maturity, his lack of brain development, his inability to have formal concrete operations. What part of that would contribute to him potentially being in this situation? Right. We know he is psychopath, but we also know that if he didn't have access to a gun, then he wouldn't have been able to shoot. I mean, do we know what his upbringing was? Do we know that some of the uh, the lack of empathy he have come from the environment that he have? It could very well be people in that house that got guns on the table all the time, coming from drug dealing and violence. Uh, a 10-year-old brain ain't going to process that stuff the same way as an adult okay. brain as they're in it. What about the idea? Do we know that he understands the finality of death? You what know, is he might all of know that, that my mama's going to be gone in a minute, but cool. does he understand that? I'm pretty sure that he does, considering the things that he's done before. However, let's say he do all of that may be true. What does that have to do with like moving forward, what he's going to be or the danger that he like? Because like people who commit murders, a lot of them have trauma. But that does that them having a traumatic childhood has never been an excuse for them to not be held accountable for the shit that they did. Because if that's going to be the case, I mean, everybody, most people that like do shit. A lot of the people that commit commit violent crimes grew up in violent environments. And we do not say, well, okay, he he did this, but we know that he was abused and he was beaten when he was a child. And so this is what these are the things that like brought him to this point where he committed this crime. Well, the difference is the ones we talking about are adults now that were 10 years old in those environments. And we're talking about a 10 year old that is still in that environment who had no choice of even getting out of that environment. That he learned all okay. You saying that we don't know, and you're assuming that he was in a violent environment, like you're assuming all of those things are what happened. But from what I have seen about the mom and about his living situation, it wasn't that his mother was educated, she was three classes away from getting her master's degree. Everybody that knew them said that she was loving and cared about him. He was in therapy. Like, we don't have anything that says that he grew up in a violent environment, and we don't know that we he didn't either. but what I'm saying, and all of that will come out in trial. Like, well, like, well, either way, your argument is saying that any 10 year old that has these levels of behavior that killing an adult should be tried as an adult. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, is there wiggle room for a 10 year old in which their age is a piece of why they may have committed that action that needs to be taken into consideration before we treat him as an adult? Because he's logically not an adult. He, he is just not an adult. Physically, mentally, there's no part of that being an adult. So we're saying that these behaviors and these actions are adult actions. But well, we also like invalidating what limits a 10-year-old has <laughs> that may keep them from knowing fully 100% what they're doing. Even if he is one that does know, then is there a possible 10-year-old out there who, as a 10-year-old, may do something like this 
that them being 10 may need to be a consideration. Again, for me, it's not even just the fact that he shot his mom. It's all the things surrounding the crime itself. What did, it's you, expect not like... child, what did you expect the child to do at 10 after he... Like, children don't have that much shit on their mind. Like he what didn't have. What, okay, wait. What, no. The things that he would, the things that a ten year old would do after they done done some bullshit that their parent can't respond. Go get the cookies they ain't supposed to get. Go play the games they ain't supposed to been playing. Go order the shit that they. It ain't like he he. It ain't like he was gonna go pick up a book and study. It ain't like he was gonna go ride that. Like it, ten year olds have limited facilities. He was gonna do some dumbass kid shit after he did that. Period. He was not the first child to act. Well, he didn't accidentally. He purposely shot. Okay, but there have been situations where kids get a hold of guns. They playing with guns. They shoot a a, a friend, a, another family member. Those kids are not at apathetic in those moments. They know that they did something wrong. They're scared. Like they, so I, I don't know what, what you mean? What would not go order the fucking uh, BR headset, not act like one, nothing problematic, not make up all of these different fucking stories to, to, to try to cover his fucking track. Like what? No, the things that he did are not just childlike fucking things. They're, they're the things that somebody does that don't care about what they did. Other kids have shot people before accidentally usually like again that he purposely did this shit but like we didn't it been plenty of kids like this conversation about parents not locking guns up we've seen plenty of kids that have shot other kids in playing and they are not apathetic about it they don't but, not care they know but, they did something wrong but we've also but we've seen situations like that where the reason that was was because the child didn't understand the finality of death also We've seen that. We've yeah. seen situations where kids were too immature to think that them killing somebody was a final act and they weren't coming back. And so they go do those same things because they just thinking, okay, well, I'm going to get away from mama today and next week it'll be fine. That has happened. And so he, those kids also haven't killed animals before and know that the animals didn't come back again. I, I, I'm taking all I'm not just looking at this kid as just a 10 year old kid. What I'm looking at is this whole situation, his previous behaviors and his behaviors after the crime, because that's what's specific to him. And that what makes him different from other 10 year olds or other little kids who have committed similar crimes. It's all of those other things. It's so, not just so, him being 10. Okay, so where's the line for you? What if he was five years old? What if a five-year-old had killed an animal when he was four years old and at five years old took a gun and then shot an, an adult and then went to go get the cookies he liked? Is that, like, that's an adult? That that child need to be locked he up forever, too? He didn't go just get cookies that he liked. He went and ordered the thing he shot his mother over. But, but, that, but, but if that, I mean, but that's the same logic. If the child wanted cookies, and couldn't get cookies, and then shot his mama, and then when he got cookies, that's the same shit. It's different context. It's the same shit, though. So I'm just saying that you're saying We're that, talking about a 10-year-old. I don't know. I, I would need to, again, know that 5-year-old and all I, of the history but it of don't sound like It don't sound like you're talking about a 10-year-old. It sounds like you're talking about a set of behaviors. You're saying that if somebody harms somebody with the intention, and they don't show apathy, you're and saying they, that he's 10 and didn't have it. He may not have had intention and knew that it was final. I'm saying he did. So that's what, may, again, that's what makes the difference for me is the intentionalness of this crime. He didn't accidentally do this. But he what I'm didn't, saying, it don't sound like there's an age on it for you. It sounds like the behaviors and the intention is what it is and that there's no part of a child being a child 
that should be considered when that happens. If this was something that was happening all the time and there are a bunch of little kids that commit these kind of crimes, but the fact of the matter is that this is a very rare occurrence. And so maybe if this was something that was like a, a occurring problem, I would feel differently about it. But the fact of the matter is we're not going to have these conversations, hopefully, not going to be having these conversations that often because this is a very, very specific case. But I, I, that, that to me it makes it feel like the fact that it's so rare that there should be other circles because there's a bunch of kids that psychopaths with conduct disorder that ain't doing that shit and there's a bunch of adults that are psychopaths and that don't do this but, that's what but, i'm saying but, but the but, ones that do we have to do something about it's not what I'm, again it's his action it's not that he's a psychopath that i'm saying all psychopaths need to be locked up but because we me, know that there's a lot of people walking around that don't commit murder even though they me, don't have a conscience that's the reason to look at the other components of that child's life to determine why did this child with conduct disorder create this type of situation? Okay, so I mean, this kid ain't got everything he wants, like a perfect life, and now he shot his mama because there's a lot of kids that are psychopaths with conduct disorder that have a less than perfect life who ain't doing that. But again, we know, I, like I said, it's not like this is not, God, um, it's not like. We have not seen, it, it's no different than the adult psychopaths that walk around and don't kill anybody. Long as they don't kill anybody, them having that mental health disorder is just what it is. But once they do, then we have to look at those individual situations different. This is not a catch-all for all psychopaths. This is about this specific psychopathic kid who did this very terrible thing. Because my question to you is, as a therapist, what treatment is that are they going to give him that's going to turn him into something different? What what we know about psychopathy? What is the treatment? So you're saying treat him as a a, a child, put him. Which first of all, he's not going to go to Sing Sing, or he's not going to go to Rikers Island, or he, he's going to go to an adolescent facility whenever he is, uh, whatever they decide to do with him, and whatever his sentence is going to be. What is your solution? What do you think should happen with him? What do I think should happen with him? Yes, I think that he should go to a facility until he's a, a, an adult and figure out where he is at that point. Now, I do understand that there's probably no solution to that, but to his psychopathy. But again, I don't know what part of him being 10 contributed to how he made his decision. And he might have a functional enough understanding about the world that we live in, the rules that governs the world. And know that going on in the rest of his life, if he don't want to go to jail, he need to not commit crimes. But we're talking about a kid who didn't even believe, didn't even know that he was going to be like, not be in a position to be able to fucking play on his headset. He didn't even know. This kid really thought he could shoot his mama, get his headset, hook that bitch up and play it. This motherfucker is somewhere locked up somewhere right now without the ability to do nothing. He... He ain't have the foresight to be able to know that well, that was finna happen. He thought that they were gonna believe his first story. Cause again, this was not free. He did not admit to what he did. He made up a couple of different stories before they got to the truth. If they had believed the story about him twirling the gun around and accidentally shooting his mother, then that's exactly what would have happened. He would have been somewhere playing his fucking VR headset and been fine. His issue was that the story he came up with wasn't believable. 
But he made an attempt to get out of this. It's not like he just but, thought, uh, uh, oh, that ten-year-old <laughs> shit. That ten-year-old that that making a lie. He made up his ten-year-old. That ten. Again, I'm trying adults to figure out where have to said that adults have shot people and said, we just Colin just said it that, that he there have been adults who have said, oh, I was cleaning the gun and the gun just went off and that's how I ended up killing my wife. Adults make that up, that same story. So that ain't his ten-year-old logic because adults say the same thing. Damn, ten-year-old logic because he said he was spinning a fucking gun, twirling the gun around his finger like a fucking cowboy. Adults have said that. Listen, <laughs> adults you. have not said that they was twirling adults that bitch around. They, they like goddamn, they were playing with guns. Know they the guns went off. For, I'm te- you know, the police say the police say it all the time. The police, the police say that's all the time. Again. <laughs> the way that he's talking about twirling that gun is that fake bullshit ass cartoon twirl. Nobody says that that's what they were doing as an adult when the gun went off. They talk about cleaning it. They talking about all these other reasons. They don't be talking about this little fucking twirl that this they kid said he did. They about playing with a gun before and the gun went off and they accidentally Let's- shot you. It they do. I'm telling you, playing with a gun is different. Yes, people say playing with the gun all the time. That might be some cops and robbers type shit. Ah, pow pow. But we talking about a very specific action, which is twirling the gun. I think that around you're your finger. A lot to this kid about him being ten. Like we don't know that ten year olds are not the ten year olds from when we were children. They're, they're different. So if we're are we talking about him being potentially charged as an adult? Is that yes. kind of like and trying to figure out the? I think that that's. I mean that 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 comes into play a little bit. Um, you know, full disclosure, everybody on here. I'm not a criminal defense attorney or a prosecutor, so I work in technology, which has. I mean, you can commit crime with technology too, but um, <laughs> I, I think I think the you know if do is he is he being charged as an adult? I don't know if for sure. Did they say for yeah, sure? With, that's what so with where he is. Depending on the severity of the crime, they have to try like that. Whatever law they yeah, have on I the mean, book says that he has to be tried as an adult. That's what I was going to say crime. is there, there's probably most of the states have guidelines. And then if not, it kind of comes. I think a judge decides it's not like the jury or the whoever. Like they have to go and argue before a judge about, you know, the prosecution. The government is seeking, a, you know, adult adult charges in this case for following aggravating factors. And the main one is that he killed his mom, I think. Uh, like, I don't think that there's any, depending on what state you're in, there's not, whether he was playing or not playing. I mean, the fact that uh, his mother died um, and, and probably, the, you know, depends on whether or not the court feels like that he can be rehabilitated or not. So that would be, they'd be taking, I mean, y'all, y'all doing a really good job. Basically, it sounded like the prosecution and the defense. Like, that's like the, so, cause, like, because you, you're actually making those same arguments. Mr. Onpoint's making the same argument that I think the defense would try to make to keep it in the juvenile system, which is that it was, he's only 10, doesn't know, didn't really know. You know what I mean? It was, it was a joke, blah, blah, whatever, it's an accident, that type of stuff. And then the government would be saying, like, nope, this murder is murder. And you know what I mean? This is the, the consequences that you face. Also, the the, the the propensity of this person to try to commit something else equally as as or more heinous. Probably they're going to say that exists. And for those reasons, we got to go with adult sentencing because the juvenile system is not going to do enough to make sure that we this person's either, depending on how you look at it, me, much more of a hands off, no violence person. I, I think, you know, jail is supposed to be rehabilitative, not a punishment. Right. But like. Whether they feel like he could be rehabilitated or not mentally or otherwise is kind of one of those factors, too. It's like, you know, the the juvenile system, I think, is supposed to be like the next step after like those alternative high schools where the bad kids go. 
mm-hmm. to go to school. Like the juvenile system was supposed to be like almost like that scared straight type of stuff. And that's serious. You definitely have a record. But, you know, they have a lot of things in, in the laws and stuff that can let a juvenile record get cleaned, cleaned up after you turn 18. If you, you know, stay on state, keep your nose clean and, and they kind of leave it in the past. It's like, OK, you did some dumb shit when you were a teenager, but this is not going to follow you into background checks as an adult so you can contribute to society. Whereas as a, you try them as an adult, it's a wrap. And so, you know, they also talk about like the problems with like uh, I'm going to butcher the word uh, recidivism, I think, yeah. where. Like the likelihood that, you know, once somebody enters the system, the likelihood that they're going to stay in that system also is pretty high. And so that's part of that argument, too. I can see what I'm pointing saying about, you know, if there's any hope at all of trying to ensure that this person can be rehabilitated, you don't want to send them to, to prison that way like an adult because it just starts that endless prison cycle where they're going, he's going to do his, you know, 15 to 25 years get out when he's in his 30s and immediately start committing crime again, go right back into jail. Like everybody, they, you know, they're committing crime over and over again and going right back into that system. You know, they, what do they call it? Like the black folks, the school to prison pipeline or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like that, so I could see where the, you know, somebody being 10 versus like maybe 15, 16, 17, closer to that age of majority. Um, you know, you might want, you might think a little bit differently, but I mean, he shot his mom in the face, man. Like that's like the only, like, Juvie can't deal with that. I think maybe that might be another thing, too, right? It's like juvenile detention and stuff like that in that system is there to handle a lot of things that kids do. I don't know if they're equipped to to properly rehabilitate kids shooting their mom in the face. Like, Well, I mean, the key point is that he won't have access to a weapon to shoot somebody in the face. That, too. There. So the stuff that he can do that he has access to will be with his own facilities. And adults will be able to manage a 10 year old trying to be as physically violent and aggressive as he mm-hmm. is trying to be i mean that's but, where he's gonna be again he's not gonna be on rikers island like even if they try him yet. as an adult and he, he not, not, not yet yeah, he might he might find his way there he, this, he may he find might, his way he there. might find but, his way so there. this is some of this stuff is technicality by wisconsin law right so in 1996 wisconsin changed its laws to be harsher on juvenile offenders. One of them is that it requires 17 year olds to automatically be charged as adults. Um, the 14 and 16, um, it can be waived from juvenile to adult court depending on the severity of a felony level crime. The crazy thing is the difference between why this kid is being charged as an adult is that they changed the age to uh, from nine to 10. So at 10, you can be charged as an adult. Before 10, you can't. So if he was nine, then being charged as an adult wouldn't even be a consideration. And one of the art, one of the lawyers is apparently is arguing that no evidence shows that a child's brain changes significantly from nine to 10. So they're pushing to change those laws to at least an age where evidence shows that the brain of a child changes to the degree that it justifies why that age might be the age that they choose. Is that going to help him? Of course. I mean, this the legal system ain't about helping the individual. Well, I mean, no, but I'm saying if they, ch- I mean, right now the law is as it stands. So he's going to be prosecuted based mm-hmm. on the law now. What you're it, saying is that they're fighting to get it changed, but well, is that going to help his case? It, it depends. When that law changes, it depends well, on if it, it retroactively applies to cases later. Like they could. Uh, okay. Like yeah. it could. Like no. if they say. You won't. It wouldn't do right? that. No ex post facto necessarily. They would have to probably argue for it. 
So like it'll whatever the whenever you uh, we had a, we dealt with this before when I did when I was very briefly in the army a prosecutor. Is that the difference um, between federal and state? Because federal does like retroactively apply for some things, or is it how it's argued or how it's written? So the if it's you can always there if there's the statute of limitations might be I think maybe what you're asking about like how if it feels retroactive where if you well, committed know, a crime. Well, I know that if the federal government. If the federal government said that marijuana is now legal, then the federal government can uh, encourage plea people states to let people go. Yeah, that's the other but, way. So, but if if marijuana is legal now, and you were selling a bunch of it and smoking it, five years from now they pass a law that says it's illegal. They can't go back and go get you. So, in one like this, that it's you, he also won't get the benefit of the law unless they do it that way so it'll be the crime was committed 2022 so 2022's laws on the books apply to that case even if they don't get the trial until 2024 so now what i know what what happened is the defense will argue and on appeal and try to say that well the law changed like he should have been given the benefit of the blah 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 but a lot of times the statute of limitations when it comes to either and it's typically it's only small smaller smaller crimes like if it was misdemeanor they would apply whatever probably the the most beneficial was to the defendant but with some like murders, sexual assault, rape, those that don't usually have any kind of statute of limitations on them, um, they find they will apply the law as it was when the crime was committed. We had two cases like that in the army, two like cold case, cold, cold case in the army considered because they had been not unsolved, but like not moved. The case didn't move in, in several years where the, the army's uh, legal text, the manual for courts martial had changed, um, which I also had a hand in. Uh, editing, uh, which is cool, but um, it ch- uh, for the uh, and I thought that they went the wrong direction on their sexual assault uh, 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 laws anyway. But um, they didn't want to listen to a law student try to tell them that it was fucked up. But uh, but they uh, but anyway they so we had a we had a case come through at Fort McNair for a um, there was a 14 year old girl who I think I think or maybe she was 16. Because it wasn't a child case. I think the age of majority in the military is 16. I think I don't think, uh, but the but the the assault had occurred in like 2004, and the MCM had been revised twice or or every four years or something since then. So we actually had to go to our law library and get a copy of the 2004 laws to try the case, because that's the way that that that's the way that that system worked. So even if throughout all this stuff they change the law to it's more beneficial to him as a juvenile defendant, it's unlikely that they'll adjust and say like, oh, okay, well we'll prosecute you under these more lenient laws or whatever. They're gonna move forward with the 2022 books, and then it'll be on his defense team to try to appeal to say like, well, it wasn't fair because they changed the law and like blah blah blah. Doesn't so, matter the context upon which the law is changed, like. If they change a law and deem the law as unconstitutional, then do they go back and say that it was unconstitutional for this person to be tried in this in this way? Yep. Yep. So if they were to if the so if the reasoning that they changed that number from nine years old to 10 years old to 13 and they ruled that it was unconstitutional to charge nine-year-olds like this, then they would go back and retroactively. That would be... So the not reason that they changed the law... He said yeah, not, not automatically. automatically still. You gotta, it's it's a, appeal process. You so how likely is it under the appeal process that it would oh, be very successful likely. challenging that? Very likely. Yeah, it's very likely. So, so while it well, would happen automatically... Of, I don't know. We got a bunch of Trump appointees <laughs> in the 
appeals. He is a letter so colored fella. So I don't know. <laughs> but but typically it's pretty successful. Those those types of appeals are, are usually pretty successful. That's actually uh, one of the things we talk about. That's how um, there were some people that got uh, they were imprisoned under some surveillance law um, and they got out. Um, and it was like that Edward Snowden stuff that we were talking about before the show started. That that there's a they there were three, I think they were Somali people, Somali nationals that were that, through the government's bulk phone records collection program got caught up with some terrorism stuff and then got put in jail. And they appealed and got out because the the collection methods were ruled unconstitutional by the by the courts. And so because they were unconstitutional. Going back, they never should have been in, in trial in the first place. They never should have been. So they appealed and they were released on appeal. But they, but if had they have just like sat in federal prison chilling, like we don't want to appeal or whatever, like they would just, even when the law changed, they just stay in prison. Nobody's going to retroactively, other than like a pardon, like, you know, a governor pardon, presidential pardon, something like that, or a commuted so, sentence, or like you're not getting out. They're just going to let so you sit there. Just for clarity, there is a difference when a law is changed that is just a law change and not deemed to me to say that the last law was a problem. It's just that we, we going to be progressive for some reason versus them deeming that law having had been unconstitutional. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, it, this it, is, I mean, this is, this is a hard one for me. Even if I, even if through the court, I do at the end of the day, agree with this 10 year old being charged as a adult and the technicalities and stuff. I just don't see myself like I, I just still don't see myself accepting a 10 year old being charged as an adult. It will have to be these extenuating circumstances to say that. And I just think that there are so many one racist people in these systems, Trump appointees, um, disproportionate with uh, how they deal with white community and black community uh, to say mm -hmm. that a 10 year old in many of these circumstances should be uh, I, I, just need, I, I need a lot of I, uh, this is a smoking gun situation but I can also see it not being a smoking gun and people still not trying to take into consideration that a young black boy is 10 years old when trying to charge him like we already know that like Black people get charged with, uh, black yeah, kids get charged as adults yeah. in, in higher rates. Uh, yeah. interracial murders with uh, black people, or they get the death penalty suggested far more than white people in, 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 in the same kind of situation. So it's like the system already ain't fair for me when a black boy going there at 10 years old. So, regardless, it, because, he's be black, because he's black, he's to get leniency off the top just because he's black. Because these, no, no, I. No, every every ten year old should have the same. Every ten year old is ten. Yeah, years I feel old like to I me. feel like philosophically, there's probably a. I mean, this is what you you hope that. I mean, this reminds me of a, a comment I saw on uh, Reddit. It was talking about like medical stuff, and they were talking about how like you know up until real recently, the medical community used something called the four humors, which was like a it was like quack science basically until like oh, medicine, yeah, blood, urine, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um. Somebody was talking about like, well, you know, wow, that's you know, it was pretty recent. And somebody said, yeah, I hope that in 60 years, you know, 100 years from now, we're not using radiation to basically kill people just to kill cancer. Like, I hope that will advance beyond to some new type of like. And I think this is one of those circumstances with our like justice system, which, you know, if we if we have this conversation and suspend um, racism as a as a major contributing factor and just kind of put ourselves in this hypothetical as if this was a in a vacuum. 
there's probably a, a room there where there's a gap between, you know, what we're doing in the juvenile system and the adult system and, and what, what we probably should be doing. I mean, I could agree with that for sure. You know, once upon a time, we used to have mental asylums or mental health facilities in the country, like like big professional ones. And we know why those were shut down a lot of times because it was real problematic, a lot of abuse going on. But now there's nothing. It's either hospitals or or what for people that have, you know, very serious mental health uh, challenges. And so there's probably somewhere somewhere there's yeah, the current juvenile system is probably maybe it doesn't do enough for cases like this. But the adult system is probably not appropriate for a 10 year old boy either. And so what do you do? I don't know. You govern. You you change it. You make you make the appropriate changes to make sure that you can um, ensure that ten year olds have a chance, at least a chance, to try to try to to come back. And to Red's point, that they also be going away because when you shoot your mom in the face, you got to go to jail. It doesn't matter. And you if know you, what? You know. And, and it is not a good idea to goddamn put a whole facility full of psychopaths in one place together. Nope. Like imagine a bunch of jokers, jokers and Harley Quinns being in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Working with motherfuckers who just live in the community trying to get a minimum wage paycheck. <laughs> yep. Staff gonna be dying consistently. Yep. <laughs> that yep. ain't a good idea yep. either. Shit. Yep. So that's all I got on that one, though. So I was just thinking about this. that kid, the, uh, the the smokes with a cigarette kid from uh, Boondocks. The oh yeah. That stole that truck. <laughs> like you a little psycho pal. Yeah, you know, he could have killed somebody with that rat things with my friend. <laughs> And then again, I, I bring it back to the to tie the bow on it. Like, where the parents at, man? Like, where, where you at? Like, and, and when I say where you at in this case, you know, rest in peace to the mom is terrible. But like, how, like again, how you 10 year old get a gun, man? Where you at? Like, what's going on? What's going on in that house where you 10 year old? Especially with just him grab it? Like, you should always put him away, but like, but his behavioral issues and so, like, I probably wouldn't even, if I had a gun, I probably would have got rid of that shit because they little nigga. I would, I just, I couldn't. <laughs> Like that, this, these stories like this, because the fact of the matter is you could be a perfect parent and have a child that's born with psychopathy and you could treat them the best possible way. And you still could have a kid that might do end up doing some shit like this. That shit terrifies me. Makes me not want to have kids. <laughs> yeah. I want no Because kids. if can't, there's nothing that you could do. You can't fix that. You can't parent that away and that is a very scary concept to me i don't like that shit i don't like that shit at all yeah no kids uh, team no kids team no these stories like this Oof. i hate that you know what i i would hate to have this kid absolutely the worst but i would also hate to have a little dennis the menace motherfucker well, yeah, I could deal with the Dennis the Menace shit better, though. Mm, a kid bro. that's going around murdering shit and shit, and I got to be locking my bedroom door at night because I'm scared of this. Look. Like, no. <laughs> no, I think it's a. It's probably a point at which it's probably a point at which uh, the Dennis the Menace kid, I'd be like, I wish you would just kill a motherfucker so I could send you to a facility or something, goddamn. <laughs> like, like, I wish you would do some shit Damn. to get your ass sent the fuck away. Like, imagine having a kid that's bad as hell to the point where like it ain't shit. Like I've had parents that was on I this have shit. Too. 
I know you have. Like we, it's kids who be doing some fuck shit out here that just reach the threshold of nobody can't do shit about it, but you gotta fucking deal with it as a parent. There's nowhere for them to go. There's no programs that are gonna assist you. Yeah, it's. I mean, there are situations where you can have a kid that's skirting the line enough that you just gotta deal with that shit. (laughs) As a parent, it's not. I mean, there's nothing you can do. And even this, like the things that he was doing before realistically they weren't gonna like lock first they weren't gonna like put him nowhere she was just gonna have to deal with this until he was 18. like if he hadn't killed her and he was still just setting shit on fire torturing animals attacking another kid like all the stuff that he was doing before he wasn't gonna get institutionalized for that shit he was gonna go to like regular therapy sessions like he could, he could have he could have, but he if again if he didn't have access to a gun and he would have knocked his mom out with a golf club, you know what I'm saying? Then okay, he going somewhere now. He, he going is, somewhere but now. like there, I don't know. He so most somewhere. of the kids when I worked at Hillcrest, uh, which is a psych hospital here, they did have a residential floor where kids that had like extreme behavior problems lived there. But, like, dumb kids ended up there after a very long process and after DHR had got involved and after all of these other things. It wasn't, like, first incident or, like, oh, we need... It was after, like, a lot of shit had happened um, for most of those kids. Like, none of, those, none of them were there because of, like, one or two things that they had done. And a lot of times DHR were involved. Some of the kids were there because they didn't have nowhere to go. Right. The parents didn't want to be involved with them no more. And then they were in DHR custody and DHR didn't have placements. So you have kids that ended up staying there for like long ass amounts of time beyond what their treatment was supposed to be just because they, they had nowhere to fucking send them because nobody wanted them. My, this was my same assessment in that video where the daddy slapped the kid. I feel like a parent has to assess their role in the access their child had to the thing that created the harm now this mama can't do that because she is the the subject of the of the harm to a detrimental degree you know but like if this child did not have access to a gun at all it's very possible that he would have done something violent but anything else he did could have led to his mom still being alive and so how do you, I mean, I mean, it's just, that's the reality. It's probably, I hate to say the parents fault that he had access to this gun, but like he should not have had access to this gun to use. And, and again, had he not had access to this gun and he used any other violent means, like it's not likely that this 10 year old would have successfully stabbed his mama to death. Like the next most violent thing is a knife. He probably would not have been successful stabbing his mama to death. Uh, at the end of the day, he is still a ten-year-old boy. That if if he his mom he was lunging at his mama with a knife, she would be more like any mother other mean would have been more likely for her to possibly survive outside of being shot, you know, which would have been the thing that would have gotten that child removed and may have gotten more significant help than they had before. So it's like that's a fucked up part to not consider in this situation. But again. Reading this about the state, it, it, it goes down to a technicality. If a crime is considered as a felonious crime, 
and the child is over 10, it's going to go to adult court anyway. Like juvenile mm -hmm. courts ain't dealing with murder. They just don't have the judges and the like they, they probably don't select the judges that have that knowledge skill set to be in the juvenile court system anyway in order to. So it's like it got to go to adult court anyway. So it's touching on to start touching on a bit of a gun control conversation, too, I think. When you're talking about like the access and like knives versus guns, I mean, and one of the just to, before we jump to our next one, as somebody who has used tools of war at, in war, um, I, a lot of people who um, you know are out there who would be the counterpoint to what you said, right? Which is like, well, what are, what are we gonna do when I get a knife? Yeah, let me tell you something. Uh, 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 stabbing somebody to death is a lot different from just uh, clicking a button, basically. When you yeah. you know you you know gun, uh, firearms guns pretty 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 instantaneous um, and you know if you if you if you aim and you have the right caliber of um, ammunition and you hit a human body the way that you're intended to or the way you're supposed to particularly like military training like they're not getting up and so you know it takes uh, how many times like you know you can use former NBA player Paul Pierce he was stabbed how many times in a nightclub. And recovered and then won an NBA championship and like so like you know the, the likelihood of somebody actually uh dying from from a from stabbing is, is significantly less than a firearm firearm is I mean a blink of an eye you know is uh we had a person um uh, when we were overseas a soldier um you know stuff goes on you're dealing with it you're trying to shoot back whatever's going on you look they're doing something over there, you look, trying to see something, turn around, look the next time they're dead. And like, that's how quickly that happens with firearms. And like you said, somebody coming with a knife and like, there's a lot of, a lot of intervention that can happen and fighting back and like, you know Screaming, I mean? the sister coming of, down and saying what's happening. Yeah. You can run, you can run from a knife, you can't run from bullets. So um, anyway, that's a, that's a separate conversation talking about firearms in America. We, we can probably do a whole podcast just on that. And, you know, what my, I think about it, I don't think any citizen needs tools of war. I think it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, and this this is starting to open up shit because, again, that video I had on my page was a, a father that really mm -hmm. just thought that his words could keep his children from seeing getting hit to his guns. And mm -hmm. then we got this parent who, OK, the gun was locked up in a, in a gun safe, but. If your child got the code or access to a key to get into it, it's the same as not having it locked up. This like it's is not, not going to like fucking schools full of kids get killed and gun. I, I've given up on gun reform in this country. I just have. I just like there are so many like horrible fucking things that have this. Nobody's gonna give a fuck about this mom being murdered. Like this is not gonna be the thing to turn the tide with gun control. If they didn't give a fuck about them kids getting killed and police not going in and and the access that people have the guns so easily to go, they not this. I don't even consider that no more in these conversations well, because it's, it's probably, not realistic. It's not going to happen. Not in terms of, I don't think gun reform in the context of it changing across America makes a difference, but I do think it's going to make a big difference in the context of the, the arguments that's being made by the lawyers involved and the appeals. Like, it's really going to be a conversation about the responsibility of this parent and whether this parent actually gave this child you know, the tool to actually do this. 
They ain't gonna say gonna, that. That shit gonna come. They out. are gonna say it, but I don't think that any jury is gonna want to like victim blame the mom with considering what happened. Like I don't know that that's gonna be a, an argument that's gonna help get him. Off. I mean, I don't think it's victim blaming. It's just the reality. It's, it's still reality. they're gonna see it as victim blaming. Like you think a jury is gonna say, "Yep, she died because she." They're not gonna do that. Like it I don't. I, if I if you got a jury I full of responsible go. gun owners who got their guns locked up, what are the yeah. fucking odds of that? That's <laughs> what the defense. That's what the defense. That's what the process. That's what they're gonna be looking for. They're gonna be looking for a bunch of. That's why they question them motherfuckers. Are you a gun owner? You know, do you have your gun safely locked up? They gonna ask that question in them motherfucking yes. You, we just had a conversation about how there are parents that feel like their words are enough, and so for them, they are responsible gun owners because they locked it up and they told their kids not to touch it, and that's enough. But see, but but the, the, this this where race comes into it again. This is the difference between a community of white people who have such access to guns and feel such in, so entitled to have guns that they teaching their fourteen year olds and taking them to the gun range and stuff. They have, they're going to have a different experience where when you're talking about if the jewelry pool was black in underprivileged communities where we know black people are underarmed, don't get weapons as, as frequently as uh, or consistently as the white community who are vilified more when they have firearms. And so a lot of them have firearms outside of the legal system of having them. That's two different conversations that two different groups of people going to be having about fi uh, firearm safety. That this is what we get into. Even like, if you get those, a, a group of white people that feel that way, it's still they're prosecuting a little black boy. Th but that, and that's what I'm saying. Their sympathy is going to be different in the situation than uh, other communities, and that, that's all I'm saying. Like they're going, they're going to look at this little black boy differently. If it's a little white kid, they're gonna look at the white kid like it's they 14 year old that they've been taking to the gun range and training. And they're going to look at the, the fault of whoever it is differently than the little black boy. Because, you know, these white people going to look at a little black boy like he's just a little thug in training. And, you know, he, he probably was going to shoot somebody at 16 anyway. So that we're going to send him off because of that. Like th that got a big role to play in the system. And so the issue is when you get a 10-year-old black boy and you say, we're going to charge you as an adult, the way that everybody going to deal with him from their own is going to have the racial component to it without considering that, you know, what, again, what does him being 10 years old, how do you apply that in some capacity? That means that there was a limited range of how he made that decision, you know? But again, I, I'm not necessarily arguing for this kid to be out here with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at kids all over the world that, like, were under the age of 13 that committed crime, like, Again, this is not a regularly occurring thing, but some of these fucking kids, like Canada, uh, China, just different places that like kids have killed murders, not accidental killings, but purposefully <laughs> killed look, somebody. If you go look at the list of kids specifically that was charged as adults, they done some bullshit. Them kids done did some bullshit. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't want to be around none of they motherfucking ass either. As kids or adults. So. Some of these kids, these crimes, is like, fuck. What, uh, so. There's other news that's been going on. And it's, you know. 
<sighs> Clearly, me and Red have kind of like stopped fucking with news for real. The, the, the shit ain't, yeah. it, the shit ain't, it just, it just don't seem to jive with us no more. But like, I, because Colin is here and, and Colin just has such profound insight oh, to many you. things. <laughs> uh, and you got that legal perspective, uh, uh, but, but a lot of experience too. I just wanted to talk a little bit about Kanye West. Uh, yeah. Now, we know what the fuck Kanye West been up to. The most recent of those is he was on he was on Alex Jones and Alex Jones was basically defending his ability to say things about the Jewish community at first. And then Kanye West started going into an odd spiel about how like everybody got some good in them. Like even Nazis had some good in them. Even and Hitler. He even said, Hitler had some good he in went him. Straight Alex to Hitler. Like, Not just Nazi. Like he went all the way to Hitler. Like, and then Kanye said, I, I like Hitler. <laughs> yeah, he said he said, I love Hitler. So and then Alex Jones said, I watched this shit. And because I've <laughs> I I've not watched or listened to anything Kanye said otherwise in several years, unless it was forced on me. But I went out and volunteered to watch this one. He said, No, I love Hitler. And then Alex Jones said, and I was this was shocking for Alex Jones, right? Because you too anti-Semitic for Alex Jones. Like this is the dude that <laughs> this is the dude that owes a billion dollars because he said Sandy Hook didn't happen, right? So like if you're too anti-Semitic for that dude, like um he said, Yeah, no, oh, oh I get it, I get it. Uh Hugo Boss, you, right? you know, the uniforms. You know, I understand like Nazi, you know, the uniform, the fashion fashion influence, perhaps. Like, yeah, I, I can see where you're going with this. And Kanye said, no. I love Hitler. And that was the that was how that came out. So Kanye spits in the face of his fans because the whole conversation around him since all this shit has been happening is he's 10 moves ahead of everybody. Y'all don't understand. Y'all don't know. He just sees things in a way that other people don't. Y'all just ain't with it. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> They were taken up him by Balenciaga. Well, that shit with Balenciaga happened. He come out and said, Balenciaga's not that bad. Like, they, that what they did, and, I mean, every time they, like, take up for him, he's spitting their face by, like, doubling down on the fuck shit and saying, like, no, y'all thought that I wasn't saying what I was saying. No, I meant that shit about Jewish people. No, I meant that shit about, like, all the things I've been saying, I meant it in exactly the way that I said it. <laughs> like, he doubled down. And so- I... How do you even take up for that now? Like, I'm sure somebody somewhere, I'm sure his fans are still like, y'all don't get it. Y'all understand. This is his end game. All right. Was that it on the shocking things that he said in that interview, Colin? Like, was that the scope of it? I think that was like the, I think overall, I didn't watch all of it, but I think overall, I mean, it was, you know, clearly the people like Alex Jones, you know, they, they weighed into that, that conservative podcast blogosphere whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and i think that you know what they try to do is that you know these champions or heroes of the right wing they try to give them that platform and nobody else will you know for a variety of reasons you know alex jones knows you put kanye west on there people gonna listen you know all that kind of stuff right and so i think it was one of these hey this guy's like you know triggering the liberals let's let's bring him on here to say some stuff that's just up to the line and that they probably you know in one of my favorite phrases about um, all the stuff going on in our world and country is that typically is that uh, white folks believe the best in terrible white people. Like they give awful, horrible white people the benefit of the doubt. Um, so if the, our listeners, yes, I am calling Kanye West white people in this one. Um, 
the uh, you know what I'm saying? They 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 they, I, I think that they think that like uh, he, I think he honestly thought he was gonna bring able to bring him on there with all that controversy, and he was gonna mm-hmm. walk up to the line just enough to do all that st- and not jo- go over it. But it's like he jumped over it. Yeah, y'all. This is what you. I mean, this is what they. This is what they want. I mean, this is what they've been. The crazy part is this is what they've been breeding. This is what they've been. I, I, it's the shock of people saying like, "How could Kanye West? Why would they say this on Alex Jones?" It's like, bro, he's been. Alex Jones has been talking about uh, the globalists and globalism on his show to his to his listeners for years. He's been talking about uh, what's another another phrase that he uses. Um, all all the dog whistle things that are. Not just saying, uh, like Stephen Jackson's dumbass after the George Floyd thing on a podcast, saying, "Well, you know, you know, the Jews run all the banks." It's not like saying stuff like that on Alex Jones. He says stuff like, "You know, we as Americans have to stop the influence from globalists trying to institute a new world order." Like all the same action, all the same little dog whistle weave things that were like it's stuff that Hitler said and stuff that Nazis say. And fascists say, but they put it in that they basically like put like lipstick on it, put it in a coat and tie. You know what I mean? To try to make it look professional. It's like a, you know, but but if you are really good at you know, or shining a turd, right? They try to shine up a turd nice and shiny, but if it's, it still smells like shit, if you if your nose works. And so, um, I think that's what they tried to do. Um, except maybe now, maybe probably not, but maybe now everybody knows that Kanye West is not that dude. Uh, for any of that or for anything I would hope I would hope that like we just stop giving this dude a platform and like me and another dude were uh, from work um, it's a white guy I work with a nice guy but he obviously doesn't get what I where I come from when I'm telling him about like the Kyrie Irving stuff as well right which is like we got to get you can't have people saying this type of stuff and that's just black people too um, like Donald Trump normalized a lot of this I think yeah. to where you know, we, I was telling him, I was like, bro, we're actually, he, cause he was t- going all through this stuff talking about like the players union and can you really do that type of suspension and blah, blah, blah. Any, well, you know, but I, I don't condone anything. I think it's terrible, but like, I understand the argument. I'm like, bro, there's no argument, man. There shouldn't be any argument. I was like, the fact that you're even having this, we're having this conversation about it. Like I was telling him the fact that it was just the conversation, me and him, not this one that we're having on the, on the podcast, but like I was telling him like, Dude, the fact that we're even that I even have to try to that I'm listening to you say this is that Trump normalized this mess. Because anybody, any other time somebody says, tweets out a anti-Semitic Hitler movie and says that they this and that and everything else. Yeah. Cancel culture should have been immediate cancellation. Get out of here. I don't care if you're black, white or different. Get out of here. You can't say that kind of stuff because it leads to it escalates. It starts with Kyrie Irving tweeting a anti-semitic documentary terrible ass fake documentary to kanye west saying he loves hitler on a national podcast and so and then the next thing you know it's um you know all sorts of stuff there's a story about i guess a bunch of there was going to be a drag show in north carolina or something like that and some people shot up the electric transformers to like shut down the, the electricity i mean it goes from people saying things to being influenced to start doing things i mean january 6th which like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, got to take our country back. They've been saying over and over again, what telling them what to do. And then you, you whip up the people that don't have more than two brain cells to rub together to go out there and try to do some shit. 
And, you know, that's like, I think that's the biggest issue with this is like when you don't, you have to stamp it out and, and it, and it can't be, Oh, we're taking down another black man and blah, blah, blah. Like, nah, man, I don't want to be a, he ain't black. Black people don't do that. That's like the way that I, I was like, like the way that I, I just, I was telling somebody else, telling a white, but black, black folks don't do that. And then they were like, well, what about the Israelites? I was like, black people don't do that. That's what I, I was like. A, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. people, uh, the argument about them. Oh, they're just, you know, he's black. They didn't say anything about the people that made the documentary. They haven't banned the document. Here's my, and this has always been something that frustrates me about statements like that. I, as a black person, know that the legal system is not going to be fair. If I did the exact same thing a white person did, we both went to trial, you know, I know that I'm probably not going to be treated the same way the white person is. So you know what mm-hmm. I do? I don't fucking commit no goddamn crap. Is it fair? Absolutely not. But you doing it and saying, well, if I was white, you wouldn't care is not an argument. And yeah, because they might sense. care. Because guess what? White people still go to jail, too. And like, <laughs> it's still a crime. If if we level set the whole thing, well, if they're white, it wouldn't matter. Okay, let's you flip it upside down. And say, okay, nothing matters. No race matters anymore. You, it's still a crime. You gonna end up going to jail. So yeah, you, okay, you're not gonna go for ten. You gonna go for seven years instead of ten, or five instead of ten, because you're gonna get the white sentence. That's still jail. It is still jail, sir or ma'am. <laughs> like you. <laughs> also, like this is the other. We can talk. I like, was about the Kanye stuff, or the, um, we don't need to talk about that because I saw Red's reaction on camera as soon as on point said Kanye West. Red. You about fell out of your chair. I'm tired because because for me, I've like been written Kanye off. Like I don't give, I don't care. I wanna, I me wanna neither. click out of the chat. I'm really tired of having to like hear. And so for me, nothing he does is surprising anymore because we've just watched his descent into insanity over mm-hmm. time. And so y'all still talking about it and giving him the attention that he so greatly wants. And that's why this is continuing. If everybody would just sign out the chat. And he was in the chat by him fucking self. Eventually, he gonna stop talking. It's not well, fun. We gotta do I'm, better. We gotta do better as black people too. Then I'm. Then I'm. That's the last thing. That's the last thing I wanna say. We gotta do better <laughs> as black people in that. Like, stop picking these hills to die on, y'all. Like the first one when I was like, "What are y'all doing?" Was um was probably OJ. Like OJ yeah. killed that woman, and then he <laughs> killed him. Like, what are we doing? Like, and then uh. The next one was um, more, more recently that I could point to is um, now I'm drawing a damn blank, man. Uh, Bill Cosby. Let me tell you something. People out there like just try to take down a black man. I'm like, no, nope. this is not the one, y'all. There's several other black people that we could talk about. People try to take them down that we want to like, you know, how about Barack Obama? They was trying to take him down every day for eight years. That one, where were y'all? Y'all had all this energy for rapists. So and then. Thankfully, thank God, we didn't see the same type of energy in support of uh, Robert Kelly, because people were, I only saw like maybe a handful of people that were out there like, well, you know, to come, I was like, okay, I'm glad it's only like one or two of y'all on the internet, (laughs) because everybody else is basically like, yeah, he got to go. So, but we got to do better, man. We just got to, you can't, you can't, I'm going to take the Dave Chappelle approach that he was talking to his monologue. It was like, he don't want to say anything terrible about Herschel Walker because I don't like to to publicly say anything bad about black people. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got to do better. You can, you can, you can, just because you don't want to say anything bad about black people publicly doesn't mean you got to talk about how the white man's trying to take down this anti-Semitic ass uh, 
Kyrie Irving and uh, Kanye West, both of which who, if the Jews are so terrible and are, uh, if we suspend all reality and, and assume that we live in this awful planet where Jewish people are the worst thing ever, then why did both of y'all men have uh, children and stuff and otherwise commiserate with women who are not also of the black Hebrew Israelite movement? <laughs> hmm? Kim Kardashian? Kim Kardashian ain't, ain't a black Hebrew Israelite. And neither is Kyrie Irving's baby mother, who's a very white Australian basketball player. So it's like, a what, where's the logic? Like, where's the, you know, be crazy if it was a football but game, I like the kind of goalpost movie. I goal think them are two different schools of thought, too, because I don't think Kanye West actually supports the Hebrew Israelite movement. I think Kanye West has just had personal experiences with Jewish people and probably done met up with Candace Owens and her husband and then got fed some information about how problematic Jews yeah. are. Candace yeah, but, no, I, but, but I don't think change. that he subscribes to the Hebrew Israelite shit. Candace Owens should change her first name to Candace with a K and then she could join together with Kanye and Kyrie and make the new KKK. <laughs> Let's Candace, the all hubris and the arrogance of Candace Owens to think that she was going to be able to like tie her vote to Kanye and control him. That thing is not controllable, but you thought that you was going to be able to, to hit your little wagon to his and you were going to be able to benefit from his celebrity. And he just shit it all over her too. <laughs> like, I mean, she already done, like her downfall is going to be trying to make, trying to support him so that it looked like, He's the supporter because it's like only so far you can go at this Jewish shit. It don't matter where you at. But the thing about I think the thing I was going to ask y'all, though, like, is what do we believe this is with Kanye? Is this the kind is this the intersection between mental health, uh, narcissism, ego and pride? Like, do we believe that? Do he do we believe that he's doing this intentionally in his right mind? Do we believe he's doing this intentionally outside of his right mind? Do we not believe that this is intentional? This is just him like playing it day by day, moment by moment with his ego at the at the wheel. Like, what do we think this is? Cause like this is some next level. I'm not willing to admit that I'm wrong. And I'm even willing to like, is this some more scoopity poop shit? Where he's trying to be like, look, I can make what I can do whatever I want to do, and I can come back socially. Like, is this a social experiment for Kanye? I mean, he said about. I think he's Adidas. gone, man. I think he's gone. I well, think he's gone. The whole Adidas thing. He, I don't. Who was he in the <laughs> interview with when he was like, I can get on and say anti-Semitic things at Adidas ain't and then, gonna do shit. And then Adidas did the usher. They were like, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he came back behind that. And was like, um, what's that clip he did where he said, uh, he now knows what it's like to be a he slave. said, he said, gotcha. It's the new clip. He's like, gotcha. Uh, nobody else ever got out of a, a, a billion dollar deal that they didn't want to be in. Gotcha. Thank you, everybody, for participating. Thank you for your involvement. Like, that's like the latest clip that he got out about this stuff. Like, I think he's making it up as he goes along. And I think we're watching unchecked mental health. But I don't think it's just mental health. I think this is what happens when you have his level of fame and his level of fandom. Because I don't even believe, I think he, like the rest of us, saw 
when his fan base was saying he doing this on purpose to get out of that deal. I don't even think that that was his yeah. idea. I think he saw that and was like, yep. <laughs> and as a lawyer, let me, I'm here to tell you that, um, I got who, when he's like, yeah, I didn't want to be in that deal anyway. So the, the popularity of them ugly ass shoes, them, them boosts, them, them, hate them, for right. Me. Hate them shoes, but how popular they were, how much money they made Adidas. So you didn't want to be in that deal anymore. So that, but so the ter- that's terminated now. And Adidas kept all your intellectual property. So what what do you mean you didn't want to be in that deal? You just that's that's what uh, Bomani Jones, one of my favorite uh, podcasters to follow, uh, sports sports radio guy. That's what he calls hustling backwards because you just gave the money away. They kept the IP, and somebody's like, well, "What are they going to call them now?" I was like, "They're going to start to call it the Adidas Boost." <laughs> that's it. They're going <laughs> to they're going to keep selling them shoes. Just take that Yeezy name off of there, and and people are going to keep paying three fifty, four hundred dollars for them shoes because. The shoes are a meme more than they are about anything else. Nobody, there's people that don't even care about Kanye West who buy them shoes because it's, you got to have the boosts. You got to have the Yeezys. Yeah. They just got to be the Adidas boosts now. Like they don't, they don't need, they kept the design, the, the everything. And I was like, that's, that's, you didn't win on that one, Kanye West. That's a major loss, major, major loss. Cause the rest of his clothes and stuff like that ain't really doing the type of numbers that those shoes were doing. So if, if the, you know, let me small, slight flex. I know the former general counsel of Yeezy. If the type of stuff that he uh, was talking about last time we talked mm. is to be believed, it's a major L for 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 uh, Mr. West. So it's uh, people were saying like, I don't wonder who's advising him of this stuff. My buddy Will from work that was talking about we talked about Kyrie Irving. He was saying the same thing. Who's advising? I don't want. I wish I could know who's. Advi-. I was like, nobody, man. Nobody what do you advise. like? He don't anybody advising nobody? them. No. I was like, anybody. I was like, what kind of world you live in? You think like, you know. As I forget you white, you know, it's you guys have this presumption that everybody just like, just like the founding fathers didn't put any checks and balances in a president coming in and trying to turn it all upside down in their head because white people were like, of course nobody would try to come in here and they do the same thing with stuff like this, right? Which is like, well, of course somebody has to be advising. Hell no, they don't. Let me tell you something about black people, Will, Mr. Will Barrett from work. Let me tell you something about black folks. We ain't anybody advising nobody over there, all right? <laughs> So that man wears that man wears stockings on his head for interviews. That is ain't nobody advising that man. That man is in a room by himself with an advisory board (laughs) that we can't see. That's exactly (laughs) I was getting ready. I was glad you nailed it. Exactly right. Exactly right. And only he's the only one that can see him. (laughs) Yo. So And you know, it's one, you know, not to make fun of mental health, man, but like I don't think we making fun of mental health. I think Mm -mm. we making fun of pride, ego, narcissism, and somebody who is not willing to take accountability for their actions, and somebody who is going to fuck up, but make his fuck up sound like it was something intentional. Let me offer this to you. Narcissists do. It's on a different level because of who he is. But like your garden variety everyday, you person you work with as narcissistic person does this on a smaller level. His his celebrity is why it's so extreme i tell people too like is you know me and my therapist i've been working on uh you know radical acceptance and and flexible thinking a lot in the last couple of years i tell people all the time the flexible thinking like maybe there's nothing wrong with him maybe he has no mental health issues maybe he's just an asshole <laughs> like that i mean that the pot the possibility does indeed exist that maybe this dude just really sucks and like if you go back to like his documentary, people were talking about how like he was trying to talk to whoever. I don't know if it was Dame Dash or Jay-Z or whoever. 
And he was like, nobody would even talk to me. It's like, nah, because maybe back there they were like, no, nigga, shut up. Don't talk. Just make beats. Like, we already heard you talk at a private event maybe all them years ago. Please don't say anything. Just make beats because you're really good at that. Other than that, we don't need to hear you talk. So, and, you know, maybe, you know, the, the narcissism, right? Thinking that he has something to say that people need to hear. So, yeah. So, and we've talked several years now. The hardest, we always say the hardest people to try to treat are clinical narcissists. So, and usually they don't even come in on their own. It's usually some outside force because mm-hmm. they don't see anything wrong with them. The only narcissist that I've actually ever had in such it was not they were either coming for couples because it was the their significant other it wasn't them, or they were court ordered because of some shit that they got into trouble mm-hmm. for. But I've never had somebody that was not a narcissist that came and said, "I think I have a problem. I like I want to work on, <laughs> on mm-hmm. me." <laughs> like I ain't never had that happen. What you got on point? Look deep in thought. I was thinking about this video that I saw on TikTok. <laughs> it's basically this is a narcissist that on TikTok he's been in therapy for years and he just talks about how to detect narcissists. And this woman was on uh, Kevin Samuels. He stitched a scene, and basically what he was saying was that it wasn't about Kevin Samuels in this instance. To say that it name about, triggers me too. That was me too. One me too. I, I start, shouldn't have said it. But I got a friend who posts his content too, and I'm like. Uh, he, he got other problems a, though. He's a serial cheater too. He got other problems. This dude that I know. Yeah. Uh. Terrible. But he was saying that uh, but the woman was basically saying that she got cheated on. Well, she had cheated on her husband across 10 years and then she cheated on he cheated on her one time and she couldn't take it. And uh, then she uh left him and went and got pregnant by his cousin. Um her first child was her cousin's child. And and her yeah, she was black. Oh, uh, but basically, he was saying that she's a she's a narcissist. You can tell she's a narcissist because one thing that narcissists do is that one, they can't take the same thing that's happened to them that they get to other people. And Kanye West mm-hmm. got a long history of that. He got mm-hmm. a long history of mm-hmm. talking to people crazy, acting crazy. But when somebody get that energy back, he just go off, and he is it's showing mm-hmm. up even more now because he's walking out of interviews left and right as soon as he. It's like it ain't even people really pushing back. It's mm-hmm. like people not allowing him to say what the fuck he wants to say on their platform. Then he he walking out, right? And then mm-hmm. the other piece of it is um an excuse she said was he should not have stayed if he had a problem with the cheating. All right? she did was what men always do. It's just a switch of genders. Like that happens a lot where people like will cheat, 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 and then get cheated on. It's like, I can't believe you. How but the, com- the, the the narcissism yeah. component is the piece where it's like their justification is if he had a problem with the cheating, he shouldn't have left. So yeah. he was okay with the cheating because he shouldn't have left. Or he, or he should have left. And yeah. then if they take him back, then it's a, it's like, okay, they were okay with the behaviors because they took me back. And so if they if they had a problem with the behaviors before, then they should have took me back. And he was just highlighting that, that narcissism piece. And like Kanye West has shown all these kind of behaviors up as far as we can see, even as far as we can see, you know, telling what kind of shit Kim Kardashian and motherfucking kids done seen. You know what I'm saying with him? Them poor kids. But it is to be born into this. <laughs> it's like I think the predominant factor here that's leading his decision making is uh, the narcissism, and I think the narcissism is probably like muscle memory type shit. You know, like I mean, he's been a narcissist across this whole time, even going back to the George Bush don't care about black people thing. Even going to the uh, 
jumping up on stage with a bottle of Hennessy in front of Taylor Swift. It's always been this hyper focus on his thought, what he thinks is important, what he wants to say. Kanye West being the best and the most important. Kanye West being able to make shit and market shit as something good because mm-hmm. Scoopity Poop is the same thing that his clothes line, clothing line is. And he's been able to reinforce the idea with himself that there is something good about it because when he made Scoopity Poop, the following album was successful because people bought it. He can do what mm-hmm. he wants to and people going to listen. The mm-hmm. fact that his clothing line is successful, even though it notorious and look like some homeless folk shit, is in his mind reinforcing that this thing is valuable because it's successful, because people have made it successful. This is hyperinflated and already hyperinflated ego because narcissists are usually bred from a childhood in which a parent big ups them about everything, don't hold them accountable for nothing, and allows them to reinforce this idea that they are the most important you know, piece of the universe in which every other planet revolves around them. And, and, and I think that the narcissism is at the helm of it. The ego and the pride are the pieces that won't let him just say, I was wrong or I fucked up or let me walk back what I'm saying. Um, and that in conjunction with the narcissism is how he going to justify how it's the best thing ever. Like, no, no, no. I, I mean, I went wrong. Hitler is good. No, no, no. I went wrong. Nazis are good. Mm-hmm. No, no. And he tried to justify that by some by saying, well, there's good in everybody. So you can't just say that Hitler was only bad. There was some good in Hitler too. Like he he's being led by systems that I am not willing to attribute to him having mental health problems. The only people that attributing that to mental health problems are the people who are trying to take away the logical and intentional decision making that he is participating in by acting the way that he's acting. They're saying, oh, he got mental health issues just to give him a pass because when people think about mental health issues, what they're trying to say is involuntary actions. But that, yeah. that's not that's not what that is in this situation. Kanye well, was I... being very problematically intentional because the voices in his uh in his in his room with him that we can't see is telling him shit that don't make sense to us. It's and I'm not saying joke. voices like he got like, you know, bipolar yeah, voices yeah. and stuff, but just the idea that something in his mind is making him make decisions that do not make logical sense for uh for our social norms for uh, other groups of people that exist around him, for the black community, and frankly, for his pockets. It's just an indicator of big problems because he ain't doing nothing to help himself in no capacity. There's a meme that... Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I was I, just going to say, the meeting I wanted to see was between him and Trump. Two egomaniacs talking about running on the same ticket together. I'm sure that that was full and filled yes. with hilarious. So, well, apparently it went, it went south because... I know. <laughs> he told he told Donald Trump, "You should be my VP." Yeah, that's why I'm saying I would have loved. I wish they had recorded that and put that Me out. Too. I would watch that shit because that was going to be hate hilarious. Them both and I would actually watch it. Yeah, I would watch because <laughs> so, again, full of gold. I'm sure. The um, there was a there was a there was a meme that went around several several years ago that uh, I think describes this dude perfectly, and it's like it's actually basically has happened, but it, like within that room that our point's talking about on its own. Because the, the meme that went around was saying that Kanye's next album is going to come out. And when you buy it, it's going to be an empty CD case. And he's going to tweet to his fans, just imagine the art. And his fans are, would reply and actually say like, oh my, oh my God, I hear it. I can, I can hear it. You know what I mean? Like, a, mm-hmm. like that type of, you know what I mean? So, it's but, like um, the um, Emperor's New Clothes. 
got convinced that he had on clothes, walk around butt ass naked because he got because everybody else was like, yeah, everybody else yeah. was tired. Yeah, because nobody, everybody was scared to tell him. Yeah, it's just um, I did the wild part too, but just a, his, I guess, his, I think his, we were doing some research, me and the wife. I think his father was a, uh, I don't know what kind of relationship they have, but I think his father either was or is still, uh, like a photojournalist, I think, oh. with with like like. And I think his mother, his mother was like a professor, wasn't she? Like a college professor, like at an HBCU, and like, and she, I think she went to, she might have went to Clark or got a degree from Clark, or like, so all the all this stuff doesn't make any sense. Like if you think like the background of his parents, I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know, like, so, and you know, that's his whole story was was kind of like also manufactured. He probably grew up in a totally fine household with, you know, present parents, and he's a spoiled spoiled brat who is full of himself and got a bunch of money. And like I said, like, you know, it's just like, um, you know, it reminds me, it reminds me of like, of like an incel type dude actually landed Kim Kardashian. That's kind of like the type of profile. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? A dude who's been on the internet talking about how much I hate these bitches and these women doing the Kevin Samuels thing. Nobody wants me. It's all cause I'm, I'm the real alpha male, blah, 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 blah. And if it's somehow, some way you actually land Kim Kardashian, which to some degree at some point was, I guess the prize, the crown jewel of yeah. celebrity women, right? So then, then you really couldn't tell him anything. And then you can go all the way back. His first album, or maybe second album. He actually told us all. Once once he got his money right, you wouldn't be able to tell him anything. And, uh, you know, he got his money right, and he's been living as if you can't tell him anything ever since. So it's I just kind of crazy. I'm yeah, on me out too. of the chat. I just, I don't care. I wish, stop, I don't want any updates. And stop adding me back to the group chat. Stop, yes. back group chat. stop putting me one. back in it. I don't, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Leave me out of it. How are we I doing on time? What else we got? I don't know how much, I don't know how much more Kanye West can really be in the limelight after this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this got to be, this got to be the moment where everybody thinks that he's too unpredictable to have him on the show. Has to be. It we'll gotta see. be. I mean, if Alex Jones, if he done fucked up Alex Jones, so man, come on, man. Ain't no reasonable podcast because a lot of people don't set time apart to talk to Kanye and he just done got up and walked out of this shit after 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and who won't even invest that time? Even yeah. if he had reasonable conversation to have, like, you don't want that unpredictable shit going on with your situation. That's what happened with LeBron's show. I think they 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 recorded one of those barbershop shows with him recently that LeBron has. Because mm-hmm. he was, I think LeBron was trying to like, as a lot of people have, like Dave, Dave Chappelle has said this. I think um, who else has said? I think John Legend, like some other people who were friends of his, like years ago. They're trying to help him. You know what I mean? They've been trying to like the only way that they can, I guess. So I guess I think LeBron was trying to help by like, hey, come on the show and like let's have a conversation and try to talk about just like basketball and music. And like Kanye took it to, I hate the Jews. And, and they're and, like, well, we're not publishing that episode. It was like a, you know, it was like this, like people have been trying to like give him an out, I guess. And, you know, he I would have told you, you don't, you don't, he don't need it. I, would, I mean, I would have told all of them, like LeBron, like, bro, you don't need that. What you need that for? You LeBron James. You don't need him on your show. Like, and you that's know what I'm how you like, know that LeBron James is a protector of his brand because he canceled that whole shit yep. versus drink champs. <laughs> when they let Kanye West come on and say all that shit. And they faces that, though. They faces when he said that shit on on Drink Champs. Their faces were like they were like I don't think they they didn't they didn't expect it. Noriega was like he saw uh, he said I had some Jewish people there, and he was like they he 
kind of said he had him on retainer to decide whether the show should end if he was saying something inappropriate. But it's like, it's that same situation where, like, why would two random Jewish people in a room say, end the show? Like, they get they getting a paycheck from this. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, I don't know, man. I think that, uh, I think that LeBron James protected his goddamn shit with that, and I hope everybody else from this point on do that. Like, I hope nobody let Kanye West be anywhere at this point. And I, I mean, it, it's a lot of people who still love Kanye West to the point that, like, they not, they not gonna let him go. But I mm-hmm. hope that we don't see his ass nowhere uh, at this point. But uh, I mean, shit, that's that's about all. That's all we got. We two hours in, cool. you know. I enjoyed the conversation, cool. goddamn. Old school, old school style. Red, yeah. red want a shorter podcast. We got the two hour joint. <laughs> <laughs> we had special edition, special edition. He gave us some good insight on some some of the pieces of these conversations, man. Because, you know, me and Red, we be going back and forth for a long time about some random shit on them, some differences in opinion, <laughs> like you being able to give some different, like for you to say, like, this is the defense arguing against the prosecution, like, <laughs> like this, is what it, this is what that argument's going to be, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's a good insight for it. Cool. You know what? I would never, I did think about doing law and I didn't want to be a prosecutor, but maybe I would have made a good one. <laughs> I didn't want to be one. I was uh I, I was uh, in, especially in the army. Well, I wanted to be one when I was in the army because I wanted to have an influence over the types of cases that hemmed up black soldiers. Because mm-hmm. it's like you know, there's an article that came out about how they disproportionately punish you know black service members more than white ones. And like, hey, if I'm the one making the prosecution decision, you know, yeah. then I can I can stop a commander when I'm in the room going through the disciplinary files when uh, a soldier that had a positive marijuana test he he the, the commander at the time told me that it was a sin against god and so it needed to go to a court martial what yeah we couldn't we couldn't move <laughs> that one forward because he, he said it in the presence of a bunch of people and i'm like there's no there's no privilege at that point you said it in front of all these other people like yeah. first thing defense is going to do is put you on the stand and be like what'd you say <laughs> like that's it. That kid's that kid's getting acquitted. He's going home with no charges. Red, so if you had been a lawyer, they weren't gonna do nothing but Kamala Harris your ass. They was gonna your boss was gonna be sending you a whole bunch of black community weed cases, making you make you look terrible. Homes, yep. Yep. And you were gonna be looking crazy. Yep. And and that's you, part of why I wouldn't have wanted any kind of office or like a, a official position like that where I have to answer to these people and be voted. I don't need that shit. No, thank you. Mm-mm. No, thank you. And, and I'm good. Because I'm not going to play ball. Calling the military, don't, it only been a matter of time before they referred you to uh, Mr. Smith, the nigga saver. It's a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, they don't know, pretty much. I know. So, nope. I was glad I got up out of there. Uh, but yeah, right, man, I, I appreciate you for joining, man. And uh, y'all got anything else on your mind before we part ways? That was as, as, yeah, as Red would say, I do not. <laughs> All right. Well, until we kind of next conversation, we out. Holla.